LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Five past five. I was just showing Rupert Vart here. There's some pictures in Hello! magazine of Rod and Penny. That's uh, Rod Stewart and Penny Lancaster. Uh, showing uh, you round their palatial L.A. home. And they've got a lovely bar. In fact, it could be in, it could be in a, a posh hotel. But they've got museum-quality paintings. I mean, really, really lovely. And this is just one of many homes. They live in Epping as well. Really, really smart stuff. Really, really smart stuff. Really nice. So I'm looking at this home with, with great envy, I'm afraid. They've got a piano and beautifully ruched curtains. My God, it's lovely. Fountains playing outside. Goes to prove, you know, what a lifetime of devotion in the business can actually uh, can actually get you. So, uh, so good for him. Anyway, it's nice to be company. I trust you well. We move ever closer the weekend. The weather gets ever worse. Doesn't improve, does it, I'm afraid. And uh, Jordan finally has managed to make the front page of the papers after years being in the, in the so-called showbiz wilderness. And uh, she only makes it because police are probing stolen sex pictures. Apparently she's helping police foil a vile blackmail plot. And I'm assuming, because I haven't read it, but I'm only guessing, as indeed we all can, that this is Jordan, who has taken pictures of herself. We had it years ago, didn't we? Dane Bowers uh, and Jordan made this sort of sex tape. It was sadly pathetic, proving once and for all she had about as much sex appeal as a dead fish on a mattress. It was really awful. And so now there's more here. And I always think to myself, well, these celebrities get what they deserve. If you want to make you know, a sex tape of you and your partner, and then it disappears, well, you've only got yourself to blame. You know, nobody's remotely interested. I don't know why people do it. I can't, can't quite imagine what, what the purpose is behind it at all. It doesn't do anything for me. But there you go. I suppose it, suppose it wouldn't. So, Jordan's on the front page of the papers. Plus, uh, cleared uh, sex probe comedian Jim Davidson, uh, hoping to get back on the television with Celebrity Big Brother and hoping to win it. Well, as, as the man is an, is an out-and-out homophobe, as was proven when they did the, the dining programme, unfortunately, they actually put up against that dreadful trolley dolly, Brian Dowling. And in the end, I think they actually kicked Davidson off because he, he just, he's a dinosaur. He doesn't quite know when to stop. He didn't quite know how far not to go. And Brian Dowling apparently got very upset by the whole thing. Whereas every time I see Brian Dowling, I get fairly upset anyway. And so there they were on the television arguing and... Uh, uh, Davidson was just sort of taking the mickey out of him, which wasn't probably the best thing to do because he he just came over as being a little bit stupid. Other stories in the papers today. Uh, it's uh, Harry Styles and his new boyfriend, boy as in friend, and this is uh, Nick Grimshaw, who, who, who they now describe as gay DJ Nick Grimshaw. I mean, it's, you know, and they said he's 29 and Harry's 19 and Harry's spending nights at his house. So? <laughs> so... This is by Ed Dyson, which is quite funny, actually. I would have read anything by Ed Dyson. Because you all think, you know, if you never spent the night over at somebody's house, do they know, does that mean if you spend the night at somebody's house, people automatically assume that you've had an affair? Yep, absolutely, they do. They shouldn't, but they do. I've been as guilty myself. You know, pe- people have said to me, oh, I spent the night at so-and-so's. I said, oh, having a bit of a fling, are we? They've gone, oh, no, no, no. You think, yeah, right. You know, people, me think the lady doth protesteth too much, I think. Other stories on the front pages of the papers, the truth about Diana in the killing fields, and the uh, bizarre story of the MOD killing 288 dogs in three years. It's awful. I was watching, strangely enough, that this has been highlighted more over the last few weeks because I'm, I'm now addicted to watching the RSPCA Australia programme. 
where they're even more vile to animals than people are over here. I, cu- I couldn't quite believe it, I'm afraid. There was one lady, and she'd been warned before about the cruelty that she didn't give them water. Dogs were left chained up next to the carcasses of other animals. I mean, she was quite clearly a vile old bag. It's, you know, people who always profess to being the greatest animal lovers are, in fact, the greatest animal killers. And in this particular case, she kept these dogs chained up. When they took them into care, they were so grateful to see somebody, you know, who actually made a fuss about them, so just sticking them at the end of a chain. I mean, I'd have hanged her, I'm afraid. I just can't bear people who do things like that. And she just didn't do it to dogs. She did it to sheep. There were dead cows in the field. Oh, no, why didn't you do anything about them? Well, I just didn't think about it. Goes this fat, overweight, bloated old baggage. Or as I say, I'd have held under the bathwater myself. How you can treat animals like that. Anyway, so they, they take two of the dogs into care. Uh, one dies of natural causes. The other one has to be put down because it's got behavioural problems. It, they, they, they try it a few times. What they do is they sort of, you know, train it up hoping that the behavioural problems that the dog is showing will disappear. In this particular case, uh, he used to playfully bite the hand of somebody. Well, you can't have that if you've got a child in the house. You know, this, this, this dog, and it was quite a big dog. And so they then bring another dog in and immediately... And he started baring his teeth. So they gave him the benefit of the doubt, took the other dog out, tried it a week later. Same problem. And that means you've got a dog that you cannot retrain. It's so ingrained in it that that you, you have to put them down. And that's why it's so shame. So when the MOD killed 288 dogs in three years, that's no more than I should imagine Battersea Dogs Home, the Dogs Trust, all these other places where they want to look after dogs, but owing to the very fact that you can't rehome. They had a woman on the news yesterday. She had a rescue dog, and I think she was from Dogs Trust. Now, their proud boast is, we never put a healthy dog down. I suppose it's, it's the definition of healthy dog. If a dog is untrainable, if it's got behavioural problems and you can't risk it with, with children or elderly people, because it could turn. You've got to have a dog that... I mean, one of these dogs that they rescued in Australia, it turned out to be an absolute sweetie. It was just so great. But the, the owners had left it in the house. They'd moved out and left the dog in the house with a bowl of water, and that was it. That's all the dog had. And I get so angry... When I watch people that, that treat, you know, animals badly like that. I mean, I don't have any animals, mainly because I don't have time for an animal. But when you look at these people, they've got loads of them running about all over the place. In one of them, this woman had two cats on her farm. Farm, joke. Like the killing fields. In a cage, but the cage was sealed. So these cats had lived in this cage for four years. Four years. They'd never been outside of the cage. They didn't know what to do outside the cage. They only knew the cage. I mean, at least in the, in the restaurants of China, when they've got the cats in the cages, they don't spend too long in there before they're taken out and cooked. I know, cat restaurants, not, not such a good idea. Well, not, not, not as far as I'm concerned, but I know some people eat cat in, uh, in China. So the MOD killing these, uh, these dogs, this is after we had the, the Prince William story the other day. It's sad, isn't it? But we used to be a nation of animal lovers, but we're not a nation of animal lovers anymore. We're absolutely not. We're, we're sort of people who go and buy a dog and then people mistreat it or they just abandon them. And somebody said, if, if you've got a dog and you don't want it anymore, then contact the local rescue society and ask if they'll take it. Don't just abandon the thing. That's just grossly unfair to the dog, grossly unfair to everybody else. But strangely, after we mentioned uh, Paul's scenario with his dog who had behavioural problems, because every time he went out it was ripping door frames up and, you know, really causing problems. He took it to Battersea Dogs Home for rehoming. They then said uh, that they couldn't, and so they were going to put it to S-L-E-E-P. And so he said, 
can you send me all the paperwork back with it? They then wrote back, and I've seen a copy of the letter, saying, uh, we don't have the paperwork, it's been destroyed. Strangely enough, he then threatened to go to the newspapers. The paperwork's turned up. They sent it back the other day. He sent me a photocopy of all the paperwork, which has now arrived back, which is, which is good news for him, and the dog's calmed down. So that's actually great news. But it's, it's a problem. I, I don't know how many dogs are put down throughout the country every year, but I should imagine it must run into hundreds, hundreds. People who mistreat them. You know, people who want them as guard dogs, but they don't train them properly. They just kick these dogs. I mean, you've seen it happening. You've seen on some of these police camera action programmes where people hold a dog out the window ready to drop it, and you think to yourself, you know, people like you don't even deserve to be around dogs. So so what they're doing now is they're starting a a charity called Yelp for Heroes. It's quite a good play on words, isn't it? And it's all, give all retired MOD dogs a chance. This this woman, when she turns up the other day from the Dogs Trust, her her dog looked a bit like a lurcher to me. She's, He's only got three legs. And a friend of mine had a dog with three legs, and he managed to get around. And I've seen other dogs who've got only got two legs, and they've got a little carriage that the back of them fits onto, so they can walk, and they've got little wheels on the back of it. Because you think, you know, I mean, dogs are very appreciative. I don't have a dog. We have had dogs before. But you look at them and you think, oh, bless their hearts, honestly, so grateful. In fact, actually, after I watched this programme about this woman with this dog on the telly, I felt sorely tempted to go out and get a dog. Get a little puppy and then sort of and, and sort of train it properly so it, it knows who the uh, who sort of the boss is. Kanye West has shocked staff on Jules Holland's BBC Music Show by insisting because every every artiste has got different things. You've heard of people who say we want smarties but only the blue ones or take the blue ones out and the the tea has got to be at a certain temperature. I forget who it was at the BBC who insisted that the walls of her dressing room were hung with this certain damask and the tea had to be a certain temperature. I mean, I'd have said, oh, grow up, for God's sake. Don't even get that from the royal family. I tell a lie. You certainly do. Anyway, what did, what did Kanye West insist on? He insisted that they ironed his carpet. What a prat. I mean, honestly, you can't help thinking there's something to matter with him. So it's all white. So he had a white coffee table, white sofa, white curtains, white plant, white ironed carpet. A BBC spokesman said, we're delighted the new series of Later with Jules Holland kicked off in such superstar style. That's not superstar style. That's a temperamental old tart. You know, having to please these people. Beyonce wants, uh, on one of them, she wanted new toilet paper in red. You know that Simon Cowell has black toilet paper, black, which is made by uh, a woman over here. Uh, I think uh, Katy Perry had a 23-page driver policy for her chauffeurs. Orders included not talking to the star... Uh, or staring at the back seat through the mirror. Isn't that funny? People have this sort of thing. Do not talk to me. I think there was a very famous... Lauren Bacall, I think, came over here to do a play, and uh, there were kids in it, and the instruction was, do not talk to her. She doesn't want to talk to people. And you think, oh, grow up and give her a slap. Goodness sake, I mean, I don't have something like that. If the producer wants to talk to me, I'll just turn the headphones down. You know, if it, I mean, he has to stare at me, it is true. Even he can't believe what he's looking at. But uh, we don't have anything like that. I mean, I, I said to him, I wish you'd cover yourself up completely. You know, so he's like a mirror, like a, a reflecting. I quite like to see him in Baco foil, actually. That's kind of an oven joke, I suppose. But, I mean, I'm just sort of thinking, when you look at these celebrities, Lady Gaga, every type of cheese and a life-size mannequin with puffy pink hair during her monster ball tour. The room had to be kitted out in white leather couches and yellow lavender or white roses. Even Britney Spears, prunes and cheeseburgers. 
I've got to start getting into this, this uh, celebrity malarkey thing. You know, if you can get riders, I, I want to make sure I've got a rider. I can't... Be, I mean, Beyonce also they wanted the red toilet paper, and uh, Mariah Carey demands furniture with no busy patterns. Oh, for Christ, get over yourself, for goodness sake. And Kanye West, iron my carpet, girl. LB. It's coming up with Nick Ferrari and the team at seven, as it's revealed one in four people paying bedroom tax are falling behind with their rent. Nick will be asking, is it time to rethink the policy? Plus, why is there an 18-year gap in your life expectancy, depending on where you live in London? And was Selfridges right to apologise to the EDL member who was refused service by a Muslim member of staff. I was amazed, actually, the person knew this uh, this uh, EDL member was. I have no idea who any of these people are. Looking at the uh, papers today, Mark Dolan, comedian and TV presenter, will be getting up at the moment, getting himself ready, putting his very tight jeans on. He still wears skinny jeans, actually. Uh, animal cruelty is the worst. Dogs are just adorable, says Ian and Rosie, listening uh, in Thailand on the LBC app. They give loads back. The proof, lock the wife and the dog in a cupboard for ten minutes, and then open the door and see who's most pleased to see you. OK. That'll be the dog, every time. It's always one of my favourite lines there. It's an old gag, but it's, it's worth it. Uh, I'm also in favour of the, uh, the police getting tanked up over drunks. If you've seen the way that drunks behave now, I mean, it's landlords who carry on serving people while they're, while they're under the influence. And they have to, because they're going to try and make as much money as, as possible, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. It's not uh, mooncake and lanterns, is it, tonight in Hong Kong? I love mooncake. Oh, I love mooncake. The smell of mooncake. Oh, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. There I was, says Paul, cleaning out TJ's cage. This is the dog. And uh, since I, I got him back from Battersea, he's been so good. He said the quilt was an old one. And if he stops his barking by ripping it to pieces, then it suits me. Mind you, when it's gone, it'll be on the metal tray unless I treat him to some old carpet tiles. Do you know what you want to do? We have, a, we have carpet shops around our way, you probably do, and outside they have samples, you know, because the carpet, and that, that's what you need to put down inside, which is good. He said, I'm very pleased that the Kennel Club paperwork turned up yesterday. It goes to show how badly run some of these places can be, especially when they don't actually give a dog seven days assessment, and then di- decide within a few hours to put a soppy Rottweiler down. But anyway, I'm glad he's home, and the welcome I get every morning when I come in for work is something I've, I've never seen, and I love it. So there you go. Thank you very much indeed. He is my little baby. Yes, he's quite a big baby, though, isn't he? He's quite a big dog. Quite a big dog. I don't mind big dogs, actually. And, um... Uh, 84850, sorry, stevenlbc.co.uk. Who are these people? Why are they, why are they eating cake? Ch- cake with, with cream. What's that? Is that a 99, double 99? Who are these people? We don't even know who they are, actually. We just go, Steve, and that's it. So I'm none the what It could be anybody. Could be two children you've just smuggled back from the moon or something like that. Eight four eight five zero stevenlbc.co.uk. Pat says I'd love a dog, but the vet fee stopped me as an OAP. If the dog was ill, couldn't afford to get help, but I could afford, you know, food and worm stuff and flea things and things like that. I think really what you have to do. That's why you take out pet insurance. Pet insurance is so important, so important because without it, you know, if your dog becomes ill or needs uh, an operation. It's very, very expensive. And that's, you know, and you do see... I always say the funniest thing is, is watching old people with their animals, with their dogs, because the dog slows down to the same speed as the pensioner. So if the pensioner's walking very slowly, the dog's walking very slowly. And it always makes me smile, actually. Uh, Tom says, how rock and roll has changed. Used to be trashing hotel rooms and making an awful noise. Now it's 
iron my carpet, give me four pet fish and so on. What a joke. Oh, there's nothing rock and roll about Kanye West, is there? I mean, I'm sorry, just white this, white that. I'm sorry, does that make you sing any better? Shouldn't think so. You could sing exactly the same if you stood in the shower. Uh, uh, Steve, four days to go for the uh, Peter, Peter Andre new series. Peter, who loves his children, and we're very happy to report that on the programme. Also loves Toss Toss. This is the girlfriend, mental age seven, and uh, managed to get her pregnant. Fantastic. Well done, Peter, on that one. Uh, just to stop her being a doctor, because we really need more doctors than another stupid person on the television. We'll also have the uh, the ugly brothers round. Yes, there's nobody good looking in Peter Andre's family. Have you noticed that? It is, in fact, it's unusual. Is it because we, we found two lots of people now, haven't we? We found the group Little Minx, Mix, uh, all desperately unattractive, and now we found the Andre brothers which is a bit shame. We'll have, uh, we'll have uh, the manager, Claire, who does look... I mean, admittedly, she's carrying a lot of weight, but she cooks a mean Sunday roast. She invited them round. Peter Andre was late, as per usual. Um, fashionably late. No, just rude, I'm afraid. And, uh, and then that bloke, Carl, who drives Peter around. Very annoying. I'll tell you who's very annoying. I was watching one of these antique programmes the other day, which I like. I like the antique programmes where they go around and they buy stuff in shops... And then they sell it at auction and try and make a profit. And they've done various people. And one of them is the bald bloke, who obviously runs a reclamation yard. And he's beginning to now get on my nerves. He drives around the country in a big white van. And he's obviously quite posh. He wears a flat cap, which if you're bald, that's what you have to wear. But uh, he's obviously not devoting as much time to his company as he should be, because now he's turning up on the television on some of the an- other antique programmes. You've got the fellow from Blackpool, who's a bit smarmy and looks, he looks a bit like Tony Beak. It looks like he tucks his shirt and vest in his pants. That sort of person. So when he bends over, you get to see half his pants as well. And then you get the bloke now who runs the reclamation yard, who goes and buys this rubbish up and down the country, and then flogs it onto people like me, probably. And uh, they put him on that. But he's just coming over as fake. He's obviously watched himself back on television and thinks, this is how you have to be. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think you do. Television's very unforgiving. Very, very unforgiving. Uh, oh, right. So Dean says, this little monkey we call Jessica. You already saw Ruby Florence and Kieran Alexander. Altogether, we have six grandchildren. Good grief, honestly. How nice. Six grandchildren. Six grandchildren. Here she is. It's the uh, the veiled fraudster gets unmasked. This is uh, Shahida Lorgat. Uh, Shahida Lorgat turned up in court the other day uh, with the full veil on. Unfortunately, she's a fraudster and they've just sent her to prison. Uh, she thieves money. She stole £21,000 of taxpayers' money. And uh, so she turned up in court with, with the veil on. They made her take it off. And the police have got a mugshot of her. My God, she's ugly as well. And so uh, she's gone off to prison for thieving. So uh, the, police, the, the decision to unmask came after a poll for The Sun revealed 87% of readers agreed with the four-point crackdown on niqabs and burqas. In court, yes. If somebody's being sentenced, well, then, you know, you have to see the person. because you And also, in school... Because you've got to make sure the person sitting in front of you doing exams is that person. Otherwise you don't know, do you? But anyway, uh, they also want these uh, these burkas and niqabs banned in hospitals and places where they may be a security threat. So they've unmasked this old baggage here who thieved and uh, she'd gone to prison. She used to work at Blackburn College and so she's been unmasked. All the papers have done her this morning. Stupid woman. Honestly, can't bear people who thieve from people that they work with. In a college as well. In a college. Um, Downton Abbey, back on Sunday. do like Downton Abbey. I do like it. I hope it doesn't lose its way. I thought that, um, Bridesaid Revisited lost its way. After they kind of lost Anthony Andrews, I lost interest. I only used to watch it for, uh, for that. 
Uh, feminist call to, uh, to castrate a very rude star for taking up too much space. Game of Thrones heartthrob Richard Madden. I'm afraid I've, I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I don't know what it is. He's under attack from vicious internet feminists for taking up too much room on the underground. He's been the target of brutal abuse after being snapped sitting on the tube with his legs spread apart. I don't quite understand what the problem is with that. One user range, castrate him. It's quite, if this is a bloke, it wouldn't be a woman writing that. It'll be a bloke. You could always tell that the, uh, the internet trolls are out there. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, apparently he's had 500 comments since this picture was uploaded. I think they're just jealous. They're not feminists at all. They, they, these aren't women writing it. It's blokes pretending to be women. You know, generally people who have, a, who have some sort of illness, which is, uh, which is not so great. Uh, Angela and Bob said, where have you been? We've had our cup of tea and are ready and waiting. Just downloading iOS 7 to the iPhone and iPad. I haven't done mine yet. There was the feature on the news you just heard a minute ago with Rupert that apparently it's taking about an hour. I spoke to my friend Anthony and he said it took him an hour to download it. Uh, some people say it's taken even five hours. So what I'll do is I'll wait till I get home a little bit later on and then I've, I've got to change a doctor's appointment and then I shall download for the iPad and the iPhone as well. I mean, it's all working perfectly well as far as I know at the moment. I didn't even know about it till I came in and somebody said, oh, this is what it's going to be. So anyway, they're going to uh, enjoy now two and a half hours of wit and sarcasm. Uh, probably, probably, I'm just going to say probably more wit than sarcasm, but I've suddenly changed that. I've decided more wit, no, sorry, more, more sarcasm than wit this morning. Uh, on the bit extra, says Paul, I heard you asking about Julie Newmar, the actress. Not a name known automatically to most people, unless you're a Batman fan. She was the original Catwoman. In the Adam West and Burt Ward version, because we were talking about Patrick Swayze. And he had this film, To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Love, Julie Newmar. And at the very end of this Patrick Swayze film, where he dresses up in drag, quite a popular thing in Hollywood, um, Julie Newmar appears. Now, I didn't know who she was either, to be brutally frank with you. And the only reason we mentioned it is because it's four years since Patrick Swayze died. And his mother died the other day, on the anniversary of... Um, of his death as well. Anyway, so she was uh, in the Adam West and Burt Ward version of Batman on TV in the 60s before Eartha Kitt sprang to fame, first as Dorcas, one of the seven brides for seven brothers, and did indeed play herself at the end of the film to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar with Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes and Stockard Channing from Greece. Thank you. I always know when I put these things out, it's because I was, as I was reading it yesterday, I thought somebody will know the answer to this one. Somebody will know the answer. Help me out. Help me out. Uh, 84850. Patricia says, uh, my late aunt used to work in, work in the costume department as a seamstress in a Broadway theatre. Said Lauren Bacall was, uh, was not the best person. She treated backstage staff with disdain. Well, you know, the reason for that is that she was a Hollywood star. She was married to Humphrey Bogart. Uh, and I suppose that makes you a different person. But some of these people are rude. We all know in the business the names of the celebrities who are just rude and vile to people. And we know the names of celebrities of people who are very nice to people. And those people we feature. And the other ones we kind of brush under the carpet. Oh, iron my carpet. Have you ever heard of such a thing? It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's 430 <laughs> LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's LBC 97.3. A bit chilly out there this morning. It's OK. Put a jumper on. 
Take your umbrella, it's going to chuck it down at lunchtime. So here's this very strange story in the papers today. For more than 40 years, we're going back 40 years, the murky waters of Foss Lake, near America's iconic Route 66 highway, had kept their grisly secrets. Mud had settled, aquatic plants had long since grown over the watery grave of no fewer than six people, while their loved ones mourned their disappearance with no idea what had become of them. Until now... It was an accident that led finally to the discovery this week and to the possible conclusion of two tragic mysteries. Highway Patrol divers were testing out the new sonar equipment in the reservoir in Custer County, Oklahoma, on Friday when they stumbled across across the rusting remains of two cars, a 1969 Chevrolet Camaro and a 1957 Chevy. The cars were found side by side in just 12 feet of water. Highway Patrol officers assumed they were probably stolen vehicles. It was only when they returned with cranes that they discovered the skeletal remains of three people inside each car. Divers who went back into the water found a skull missing from one of the bodies close to where the vehicles had rested. They had seemingly, 40 years ago, vanished without trace. Jimmy Allen Williams were just 16 when he vanished in November 1970, along with his friends Thomas Michael Rios and Leah Gale Johnson, both 18. The disappearance came just six days after Jimmy had brought himself this brand-new Camaro muscle car. The teen, who worked part-time in a grocery store, told his parents he was going with his mates to an American football game in Elk City, 25 miles away. They were never found again. Until now, the mystery of the six bodies found in the two cars after 42 years in a lake. I wonder whether or not they will now unravel and find out whether or not they were murdered. Most unusual for two cars to both go off the road and, and both people, and also one of them, uh, to actually lose their, their skull. It's very, very interesting. Uh, when they first saw the cars, they thought they were just going to be stolen and then dumped, you know, somebody claiming the insurance. And then when they pulled the first car out and they discovered the bones inside, they then realised that they weren't just dealing with two cars that had appeared 42 years after they disappeared. It's unbelievable, really. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. So uh, we'll wait and see how how deep can this mystery go in America. There's all sorts of strange things, aren't there? There's always been talk of people cemented up in motorway bridges up and down the length and breadth of the land. But this story from America is very, very strange. Very, very, very strange. Uh, a BBC newsreader made headlines yesterday... <laughs> presenting a story whilst holding a pack of paper instead of his iPad. Simon McCoy is said to have picked up the packet by mistake before a story about police drunk tanks. But rather than put it down after the camera started rolling, he continued with the paper on show. He's holding a packet of E4 paper. Poor soul, honestly. I mean, how do we look embarrassed, really? Apparently, a BBC news spokesman said in the rush of live news, he didn't have an opportunity to swap the item, so he went with it. Dear, hapless McCoy was caught out last year when TV cameras showed him apparently asleep on his desk. Dear God in heaven. Imagine standing on a pack of paper. I think it's my iPad. No, dear, it's a pack of paper. Must be hilarious, mustn't it? Kelly Brook out on the... T- oh, I'm so bored with Kelly Brook, aren't you? Every time you open up the papers, they go, oh, look, it's Kelly Brook out on the town. Kelly Brook going to a restaurant. You know, Kelly Brook, you know, I'd rather see Kelly Brook falling over, to be honest with you. There she is. She's 33 and she was dining out with pals. Who gives a toss? Who gives it? So she goes out for dinner. Good heavens above. Well, there's a relief, isn't it? The woman eats. Hardly the sort of picture you're ever going to see Victoria Beckham doing. You know, Victoria Beckham, you know, doing something with, with fashion, but certainly never with food. 
Certainly never with food. 84850, uk, And, um, I love this one here. It says, what a vile old bag the burka-wearing thieving woman proved to be. A face better hidden. No, I'm glad we know who she is now. I bet the college are thrilled. But also, isn't that that thing? You know, she knew she'd thieved it. And uh, she turns up in court. And then, of course, when she's sentenced, he goes a year in prison. You see, I'd have said, no, I'm sorry, darling. You're going to prison for five years. Bad enough of these sort of people. Absolutely. Uh, there's uh, a cheeky monkey here. It's in Cape Town. 500 protected baboons live in groups, but they steal from people. And there's this woman. She, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen baboons close up. They're, have you ever been to Gibraltar? Oh, my God. Oh, don't ever feed the apes up there. These, in fact, they do have notices up that say, do not... Do not feed the apes, because these things can attack. They've got teeth they can take your arm off. They're absolutely dangerous, and I didn't realise that they had them as well. Over in South Africa, where they're more than happy to steal. Certain places of Alaska, you get bears coming into town, don't you? Uh, English Defence League leader Tommy Robinson tucking into a free steak dinner at Selfridges after a shop worker refused to serve his pal. The convicted criminal... Sparked fury by tweeting the snap of the meal he received after his friend was snubbed by a mixed-race worker at the London store. It was caught-captioned. Selfridges have been brilliant. To be honest with you, I mean, I've got... I, I wouldn't have the faintest idea who he was. He could walk in here now and I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who he was. Online footage shows Robinson telling the shop assistant, you won't serve my friend because he's with me and I'm in the EDL. Selfridges apologised and suspended the worker, but he was later reinstated. 602. What a stupid thing to say to somebody. I'm an EDL member. Sorry? Well, I'm not serving you. I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd have told Selfridges where to stick the job. I'd go, what do you mean? You know, why, why would somebody come up to you and treat you like that? They get, they get treated badly enough working in shops anyway nowadays, don't they? They have to put up with all sorts of rubbish from, from, uh, from sort of customers. You know, you have to go, hello, hello, how are you? All right, don't answer me. I've seen it happen before, you know, where you say please and thank you. Doesn't doesn't really cost anything, does it? Doesn't cost anything to say please or thank you to people. Uh, who's this? Oh, more dopey old Helen Flanagan, described by one critic the other day as that cretin still doing the same act she did on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of It. She now believes she's seen a ghost. She was duped by a magician. And uh, it, was on a, it was on a new show. Towie's Arge and Diags. Are they an item together? Arge and Diags or whatever they are? I don't know. Who's called Diags in this day and age? Is that the spotty one? I can't remember which one he is. Arge is the fat one who can't sing. And yeah, they've also got Blue, Joe Swash, Christine Bleakley. My God, she can't get arrested for love nor money. They put Christine Bleakley on a show. And uh, Emma Willis. It's a new ITV2 magic show called Tricked. And uh, it's with... I don't know who it is, actually. I just know it's a magician. Ben Hanlon. I don't know anything about Ben Hanlon. I don't know anything about... Unwitting members of the public also fell for his stunts, which include him diving out of a moving taxi before teleporting into the driver's seat. One shopper is horrified when his credit card is chopped up, only for it to magically reappear in a sealed bag of sweets. Good heavens above! More magic, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, here he is. Another furious celebrity will erupt when Ben drops a shipping container on their car before making the vehicle reappear floating down a river. I mean, it just sounds quite interesting, doesn't it? Sounds like it's full of camera tricks. Uh, the Voice has completed its coaching lineup. They've hired Ricky Wilson. Who? Ricky Wilson apparently has been hired as the show's rocker. Who? Ricky. He's the Kaiser Chiefs frontman. Who? I asked the question again. The I Predict a Riot singer. 
replaces Danny O'Donoghue, who pulled out earlier this year. Ricky will join Kylie Minogue, half a million quid, Tom Jones and Will I Am. Oh, that's boring, but never. Uh, when the production starts next month. Lovely. So there you go. So he, he's going to be one of the mentors. I don't know anything about the Kaiser Chiefs. I'm really not that, uh, not that interested. And uh, the comic tells how a crunch tackle. Who is this? This is uh, Jack White. Oh, I don't like Jack Whitehall. Didn't he do something that was horrible a short while ago? I can't remember what it was. There was something about Jack Whitehall. Wasn't he offensive? Just looking at him, he looks offensive. So I've decided I don't, I don't like him, actually. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sure there's other people like him, but, you know, so he's not going to make any difference to me. Sue Barker. Oh, I tell you, I saw, I was in one of the other studios yesterday and Loose Women was on. I thought they'd axed it. I seriously, it's, it's past its sell-by. You know when Andrew McLean sits there, that's the one who sort of fell apart on screen. Denise, I'm not drinking at all Welsh anymore, who's very boring. She must be delighted Carol McGiffin's not there. Must be absolutely delighted. I always sensed a little bit of frostiness. Uh, the only one I like is Jane MacDonald. She sits there, plays up to the audience. Sherry Hewson is mad as a barrel load of frogs, but she's quite funny. So uh, that I, I can cope with. And uh, who's this? Apparently, Simon Cowell's ex, Sunita, believes he's a changed man after finding the one in Lawrence Silverman. I think this must have been the interview that I saw yesterday on uh, on This Morning with Holly Willoughby and uh, Philippa Schofield. And Philippa Schofield was then because we had... Um, who was doing the papers yesterday? I can't remember who was doing the papers. From here. It was one of our lot who was doing that. Pretty certain it was... Um, Oh, I can't remember who it was now, doing the paper. Anyway, it was doing them with some bloke from the Daily Star, or the Express, or I don't know who he is. But he used to come in and do the papers here ages ago, and now he's ageing slight badly. He's sort, of a, he's sort of a northern bloke who does papers, but they all sit on there and, and sort of pontificate about things. And then apparently Philip Schofield was having a massage abroad with his wife when this bloke at the next table said, um, oh, you know, nice to see you on holiday, blah, blah, blah. You always come away for massages? And he went, yes, with my wife. And he said it turned out to the, this bloke was the editor of the of the Daily Express. So Philip, you don't read anything bad about Philip Schofield in the papers. Mainly because they always put on this morning all the newspaper editors, just to, just to guarantee they're not going to get anything. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Uh, sarcastic Junior in Glasgow. I love it. Sarcasm can be priceless. Um, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, Tony says, um, you served my daughter a while ago. I've never ser- what, it served your daughter. What are you, stupid or something? <laughs> He's a bit thick, actually, this one here. You talk about vile celebrity. You served my daughter. Why would I serve your daughter? <laughs> In your dreams, fat boy. In your dreams. I don't serve people. I'm a radio presenter. Uh, somebody says, I wouldn't waste a minute of my life on The Voice UK anymore. Life is far too short. Rubbish. It is absolutely rubbish, I'm afraid. And um, uh, Dean says, I've driven through slam my Bentley. No, you don't have a Bentley, I'm afraid. Uh, you don't have a Bentley. Stop dreaming. And you wouldn't drive through Slough anyway, because it's a dump, I'm afraid. You know, it's not a nice place. Uh, one here, still in remission. This is, uh, this is Junior in Glasgow. He says, I, 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 I love the sarcasm. I think everybody does, actually. Uh, she's done herself no fam- favours, says uh, Alan. If she'd taken the veil off in the first place, nobody would have cared. But now she kicked up all the fuss. Everybody wants to see what it was all about. So there's no point in wearing it. I think they, they've... Didn't they make this decision the other day, though? They said, in court, if you're being sentenced, you've got to take it off. They want to know it's the right person. Don't want to sentence somebody else, do you? Don't want to sentence somebody else. So that's, that's why. 
<clears throat> and also you have to do it in school exams. But I can't remember if I've seen anybody in Twickenham. They would just be wearing it for show-off purposes, because it's a college there, and also you want to make sure that the right person was actually uh, was actually there. Vince says, my iOS 7 update took almost six hours. Had to restart the phone to get the very forget. Well, you always have to restart the phone. That's what you have to do with anything. Even on the computer, you do the updates, turn the computer off, turn it on again. Even just unplugging it, we'll, we'll do it. And exactly the same for iPhones. At the moment you, you've downloaded, you turn the phone off, leave it a couple of minutes, turn it back on again, and then it, uh, it all comes back to life. You see, I think if, if you did it and it was six hours, then you were doing it at the same time as everybody else was doing it. That's why it's so slow. Now would be a good time to do it. Now would be a good time to do it at quarter to five in the morning because there's not going to be as many people. But when you, when you do it, they say, do it from now. And so everybody does it. And unfortunately, it means that the whole system slows down. Had the misfortune, says David, to watch through the keyhole, which was a repeat from the weekend. What a load of old tripe. Kerry Katona's house was opulent and had a pool, clearly rented. As Silla said, wasn't she made bankrupt? Twice. Twice she was made bankrupt. So I, I don't believe it was her house either. I re- she said, oh, the house is being sold. I assume they'd gone to somebody, gone, listen, she lives in a dump because uh, she can't clean houses or anything like that. So I suspect that what, what they've done is they found a house that needs selling, and so they put her in it, and that, that's why she had to say it's up for sale. Because it's... Uh, I mean, I don't know why they bother using her. The, the whole pro- the programme is terrible, it really is. He says, I cannot get my iPhone or iPad to get the new version. It tries, then it stops, and I've got two lumps of plastic with an Apple logo on them, and tried using the, uh, the trusty laptop. Yes, it can, be, it can be quite frustrating, but if you're downloading at this time of the morning, now, as I say, would be a good time to put the, uh, the download on, because it's quarter to five in the morning, not many people are going to do it, but prepare it to take about an hour. Six or seven hours, I'd have lost the will to live. I'd rather leave it a few days until it all calms down. It's like people waiting for Grand Theft Auto. Not everybody's got their copy of it. Uh, a friend of mine still waiting. It was posted on the 16th. Today is now the 19th. That's three days. And Amazon have said, well, you know, there might be a backlog because it's very, very busy. Well, he's crawling up walls. He's so desperate to kill some people and to thieve a car that he, he's, he's prepared to... He, he rushed downstairs in his pyjamas the other day. And uh, it wasn't there. Bit sad, really, isn't it? I said, well, you need to get out and get a life. I'm glad they're sort of worrying about whether your computer game has arrived. 14 minutes to five. LBC 97.3 LBC 97.3 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. 12 minutes to 5 uh, is the time. I can't believe I'm still awake, says Diana. After a lovely lunch in London at Garfunkel's with my Facebook friend Barbara and then travelling home in the rush hour, flaked out on the sofa, woke up to do dinner, upload photographs to Facebook and chat to pals, and then did some family research online. A friend of mine's doing it at the moment. He's finding it fascinating. Came to bed and have been struggling with the evening standard crossword ever since. Now listening to you after deciding to, to stay awake rather than sleep. No doubt I shall waste most of tomorrow catching up on the, uh, the sleep. Uh, somebody says, you're quite right, Steve. My iOS 7 is downloading now. 20 minutes so far and it's nearly done. <laughs> uh, 84850, uk. Uh, I've tried restarting my iPad over and over again, just realised it's a pack of A4. I think that's so funny, he's standing there, he doesn't actually admit that he's made a mistake, so he's holding a pack of paper. Poor soul, honestly, but that's BBC News readers for you. Not, uh, not so great. Front of the, uh, the mail this morning, why the Scots must quit the UK, our jocks out. Scots, waha, we Wallace bled. Uh, the 24-hour drink law disaster. Yes, do you remember? I mean, I, I seem to remember 
in the dim and distant annals of time um, when people said we're going to have 24-hour drinking. Well, I couldn't quite work out what landlord in the right mind would want to sit there serving a bunch of old alcoholics. What's the point? And so it's fizzled out. It's fizzled out. I mean, it's actually been a total and utter disaster. People don't want 24-hour drinking. They quite. Why would you want to go and sit in a pub at three in the morning unless you've really got no friends and you just want to sit there nursing a small pint? I mean, it's just it's hilarious, isn't it? It's absolutely hilarious. So calling for the creation of these drunk tanks. I mean, having seen these poor old souls out there when they've had a few drinks, they can't stand up. They're being sick everywhere. It's like going to Malaga, isn't it, or Magaluf or any of these other ghastly places, just full of drunk northerners, ladies and gentlemen. Not the place to go. You kind of grow out of it. But some people, I suppose, drink is all new to them. They go, oh, we've got to go abroad, we've got to go here. And they look at the bad behaviour. They had a, a programme, I think it's, it's the one, you know where they send the kids on holiday, but then mum and dad follow with a hidden camera. It's just watching people get drunk. It's, it's ghastly parents with more tattoos than their kids. And they go there, and some of them are deeply religious, and some of them can't believe that their daughter's still smoking. I thought, why are parents so ignorant? Like the drug mule parents. Oh, we're hoping she's going to come back to this country to serve her sentence. She's a drug mule. She deals in death, I'm afraid. Uh, more Williams... Gu- the funny thing is, the Mail today are running the story that the papers did yesterday about Williams' guard dogs put down, and we've explained, we've explained exactly why they were put down. So re- they don't just put dogs down just for, for no reason. They actually have uh, have sort of very good reasons, and they ask the question here, why was the MOD so quick to destroy the dogs that guarded William? Well, they weren't so quick to it, but they have to think, what do we do with them? If You, if, you know, if the, if the male were quick off the mark, they'd be reading the sun this morning that the MOD have killed 288 dogs in three years, because I'm assuming every time a dog is put down, it has to be registered. You can't just put dogs down for the sake of it. Um, sisters left in fear... This is two sisters who criticised a group of online paedophile hunters for confronting a suspect who later committed suicide, but themselves viciously targeted by the group. Claire and Emma Harris accused Let's Go Hunting of acting like thugs. Oh, they're probably as thick as those people in Portsmouth who hunted down a paediatrician, thinking paediatrician meant paedophile. They were too stupid for words. Quite clearly Jeremy Kyle candidates. And so, uh, I mean, the, the, the police have said after this man committed suicide, he's not been charged with anything at all. So that this group should really be sort of uh, taken to court, I think. But anyway, two other people have also received threats or abusive messages from the group, which yesterday denied responsibility for causing the death of the engineer Gary Cleary. One who posted criticism of Let's Go Hunting's Facebook page said he received a reply from a follower warning, I will cut your throat if I see you in the street. They're quite clearly the most disgusting people that ever walked the earth, isn't it, really? 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk and uh, another one here. Uh, Dan in Kent got his iPhone update, uh, and it took 42 minutes. 42 minutes. Uh, 84850. Steve at actually uh, lbc.co.uk. Best not giving tech advice. It's not a download time of day matter. It is absolutely a download time of day. It's a stupid Markin. Markin, what's MK? What's that mean? Milton Keynes. Oh, God. Milton Keynes. Have you been to it? Oh, what a dump. No. So it, now is a very good time to do it. Now is a very, very good time to do it. Uh, another one who says here, the whole of America has just got in from work, had dinner and now sorting their phones. Oh, believe you me, it now is a very good time to do it. I've got lots of people who are saying it's only taken 25 minutes, 35 minutes. Fine. So uh, that's the thing to do. Busted again, Mary Berry has now confessed to using shop-bought phyllo pastry 
and she buys ready-made frozen brownies. Apparently, according to staff at a frozen food store, the 78-year-old regularly buys their convenient eight-slice brownie tray bake, costing £3.90. You speak to any person who does cooking, and they will tell you it's so much easier to buy ready-made pastry. Why sit there and make pastry? You'd have to be stupid. You'd have to be dumb as anything. You go there and you buy shop-bought pastry. You know, nobody can make phyllo pastry better than the, uh, than the manufacturers. You go there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, what's the point of making Yorkshire puddings? Aunt Bessie makes them so much better than you could ever make them. Nobody makes cakes like Mr Kipling so much better than anybody else's. Go to any of the shops now. Why would you bother spaking? You know, it's fun to watch a TV programme, but to be honest with you, to be brutally frank, it's easy to go and buy it. And I've spoken to no end of chefs over the years. They've all said exactly the same. Go and buy shop-bought phyllo pastry. And that way, at least you know one bit of it's going to be quite good. I was watching one of these Come Dine With Me programmes. My God, there's some numpties on there, aren't there? Dear God. And do you know that you can only ever cook five things? Apparently, in most people's repertoire, they have five that, you know, they go, this is my signature dish. Uh, Morrison's. I've done, uh, you know, a survey, and apparently we eat five dishes in rotation. And I suppose if you think about it, they're all variations. I mean, I like steak. I like sirloin steak. Uh, I like a peppercorn sauce. And uh, I'll either have dauphinoise potatoes or I have it with broccoli, carrots and leeks, which I quite like. I could eat leeks now, actually. I'm quite, quite hungry this morning. And, and the other thing I quite like, I like all beef, Angus beef burgers, which are quite good. I like fish fingers occasionally. And, uh, and I quite like, what else do I quite like, actually? I do, yeah, I like shepherd's pie and things like that. They're always, they're always quite nice. <laughs> Derek says, my iPhone is still telling me my software is up to date. Click on the main page. Just go to the main page when you, when you plug it into the computer. So, uh, and then you, then you will know. I like, because I heard Duncan Barks talking about it, J.K. Rowling, single mum taunt, saying that she was shunned at the church, which she went to. I like J.K. Rowling. I think she'd be a very good interview, actually. Very good interview for In Conversation. Um, and, then, and then a counsellor. Who's this one? This is an interesting one. Uh, Phil Taylor, a counsellor in Ealing, West London, wrote an explosive comment about veteran naturalist David Attenborough in which he was urged to go to Dignitas and commit euthanasia. He wrote, I do wish this silly old F word would take a one-way trip to Switzerland, practice what you preach. I mean, good Lord. Anyway, last night the BBC declined to comment and Conservative Central Office pointed out that Mr Taylor had apologised. What a stupid man. What an immensely stupid man. Who is he? Jolien Bell, Labour leader of Ealing Council, responded to Mr Taylor saying, you can agree or disagree with Sir David, but your comments are shocking and disgraceful. Apologise or resign. Yes, go on, Phil Taylor, resign. What a stupid man you are. What a ridiculous thing to say. Go to dignity. You treat it that, that casually, do you? Stupid man. Perhaps he's only about 12 or something. Perhaps he's not got the intelligence to actually take it any further. Let's hope he'll be dragged onto TV programmes later on today. Um, channel hop with the... Do you know there are 50 names for that thing, that remote control that you point at the... Te- 50 names. What, what do you call yours? You call it... You call it remote control. My goodness, you see what I'm working with? That's quality, ladies and gentlemen. Some people call it just the remote, because I can't be bothered to say the remote control. The flipper, the doodah... The clicker, the switcher, the doobery, the dangle, the thing, the thingy, the whatchamacallit, the thingamajiggy, the hopper, the stick, the do-for, the do-fangle, the flapper, the remote control. Although the remote control is number 17. Not as exciting, is it, really? The controller. I just call it the remote. 
Well, in fact, I don't call it anything. I just pick it up. I don't actually have a, a name for it. We're not, like, sort of going out together or anything like that. Might be other people who probably think that kind of thing, but uh, not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We weave everything in on the programme. And um, France has outlawed uh, beauty contests for little girls in lipstick and heels. And there is a little girl here. Her name is uh, Tylane. Tylane is... I don't know how old she is, actually, but she looks very, very young to me. She could be around seven or eight. And she's dressing up with full makeup on. But this is no worse than those ghastly, ghastly, um, ghastly, ghastly fashion parades in America where little girls go there and dress up and start pouting at the judges. It's all most peculiar and uh, not to be encouraged at all. And it's only generally old bikies, you know, people with bicycles, who, uh, who drag their kids along to these and do them up. It's, it's the most revolting thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Uh, 84850, uh, one here from Darren, who says, I'm deeply concerned about our society today uh, in that people can stoop to such a low level to go to the extent of following an innocent man to the shops and then plot to steal a video game so they don't have to part with 35 or 40 quid of their own money. Well, I absolutely agree with you. In fact, they've arrested two 15-year-olds and a 16-year-old for robbing this person. There's somebody knifed outside a school gate. These are lowlifes. These are lowlifes. Internet trolls. Internet trolls. And, of course, I mean, I see a similar thing with all the people of getting the new iPhone. They're going to be queuing outside. There's somebody's going to go, wait a minute, I can't be bothered, because they are lowlifes. You see them. You only have to look at certain people in society. You look at them and you think, I know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be nicking something. They go out with the intent to steal. And so that's why you've got to be very careful. 84850, steve at uk. That programme is Sexy and Suspicious Parents. I mean, it, it is dreadful. It is absolutely... It's one of the most dreadful programmes I've ever seen. And they obviously didn't make very many of them. Because obviously after about the third time, the kids kind of twig. You're sending us off on holiday with a film crew. What would be the purpose of that? Oh, here come our parents. Of course. I think the, uh, the parents obviously like going on these things. Perhaps they've never seen people drinking before. But some of it is just immensely sad. They are Jeremy Kyle candidates in the waiting. They're, they're obviously the people that go, listen, we're going to put you on the Jeremy Kyle show, but before we do that, would you like to do this Sun, Sea and Suspicious Parents programme? Oh, yeah, we'll do that, they say, because they like that. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Most popular word for your remote appears to be the zapper. The zapper. You're not really zapping anything, are you? Mind you, at least before we had it, you used to get exercise. You'd have to get up and walk across the, the sitting room to sort of push the button on the television. Now you just sit there and blip. Every time the adverts come, blip onto another channel. Who's the worst for customer service? I love customer service in places. I absolutely love customer service. Because uh, I used to work in retail. Absolutely loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. No money in it, of course. So, uh, hence not doing it anymore. And who's the best for customer service? Uh, interestingly enough, the worst, at uh, number four, they've only, they're, they're, because there's a couple of joints on this one. Uh, when I say a couple of joints, a couple of joint seconds, a couple of joint fourths. Uh, number four, the 99p stores. Apparently worst service in there. Actually, I think any of those, Poundlands or anything like that, the service is abysmal. You know, you can have a queue that runs to the back of the shop in our one in uh, Twickenham. And to be honest with you, you know, the staff aren't exactly intelligent enough to work out that get people on the tills to get the money coming in. Don't stand there because, you know, people, people lose their temper. TK Maxx. 
You said, I, mean, I don't know, customers, you're only going along a rack and picking up a cheap T-shirt, aren't you? Or a, or a shirt or something like that. Talk Talk at number two. I think I'm with Talk Talk. I have a feeling. Weren't they bought by somebody or something like that? Uh, N Power is at number two, joint number two. And who's, who's number one? The number of satisfied customers. So this is the worst. Ryanair. Ryanair. They don't, they don't get good press, do they, Ryanair? Mind you, EasyJet didn't get great publicity, and yet we watch the TV programmes where these staff are rude to people. And I, I, I quite like that. I quite like the idea when they're rude to people who turn up late. They go, but I phoned. We're stuck in traffic. They go, well, it's not our fault. I'm not holding a plane up for you because you're stuck in traffic. It's your job to get there early enough. Who is the best? I'm delighted to say I'm with all of these companies, which is very good. Uh, number five, the RAC. Very helpful. Very helpful. Uh, number three, joint, joint third, John Lewis and First Direct. I can't talk to First Direct anymore because I can't remember half the passwords. <laughs> I've lost my bit of paper where they write down your favourite address. And they always say to me, would you like to have a guess? And I go, no, not really. And they go, well, you need three to qualify. And so, oh, name me your first pet. I go, oh, blimey. What's your favourite date? Oh, God. On one of them, I did guess it. She went, yeah, congratulations, you've got them right. I said, it's a blooming miracle. I said, can I reset the password? She said, it's quite complicated. But anyway, uh, so who is, who is the best? Number two, one of my favourite companies, very good customer service, very, very good customer service, Lakeland. Very good customer service. You can't fault them. I don't know how they train their staff, but they seem to be like in a, in a company and they do very well. And at number one... Mark Constantine will be delighted. Lush. Lush. Mark, as you know, is a regular on LBC. And he uh, he used to have um, cosmetics to go years ago. They used to be a regular on my programme on LBC. And at Christmas, in fact, every time they used to come in, they used to bring in boxes of stuff and we would give it away to people. It was really, I mean, really... Really lovely. And at Christmas time, even better. They used to do bath bombs that looked like Christmas puddings, soap that looked like fruit cake. You know, really, really nice. Really good stuff, actually. And then Cosmetics to Go went under, a victim of their own success, and he set up Lush. And uh, customer service, the best. Because you've got to get people who are proud of the company. That's how it works. You sell the company well, people want to go there. And so well done to them. Ryanair, I don't know, every time I read about Michael, who, who runs Ryanair, he's always saying, oh, we're not doing this, we couldn't care about the customers, you know, they're doing that, we've made the bag things smaller, we're charging for this, charging for that. And at the end of the day, I've always said, if you don't want to travel with a, with a certain, you know, company because you don't like them, you know, the only reason you're going to fly with Ryanair, you're not flying for the service, you're flying because it's cheap. That's why. And if it's cheap, you don't get the service that you get on other planes. You know, if I, if I fly Virgin upper class, I'm expecting a certain sort of service, which is bound to be better than Ryanair. It's, it's stand, you know, if, if I fly Virgin premium economy, I'm expecting a certain standard. All I want to do is get from A to B in some sort of, some sort of semblance of, of, um, of happiness, which, which in my case just involves sleeping. All I do is sleep on planes. I'm not bothered about the film. I do have the... Sometimes I put my headphones on, but I'm, I'm not particularly bothered about stuff like that. So I, I, I like the idea that they, they just leave me alone. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Come to Milton Keynes for homemade Yorkshire pudding. 
Oh, dear, no. I would, I would, you know, nothing on earth would tempt me to go to Milton Keynes. Apparently, electricity has managed to make it uh, up there in the north. Listen, Milton Keynes, no, thank you very much. I still remember those those freaky adverts on the television. Come to Milton Keynes. It's a new town. It's got concrete cows. And then there was like a stadium kind of thing with a load of people with red balloons. Look ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. They try and make out it's in the middle of the countryside. <laughs> Didn't appeal to me, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, try and weave in as many as we can uh, on the subject of your uh, of your texts on the oh sorry on on the iOS seven. You are correct. Now is the time to download the new iPhone software. Took me about an hour, but it's worth it. Great new screens and operating features. Yep, a couple of people around in this building have just done it now. Much, much quicker. Six hours. Pfft, wouldn't give you house room, dear. Six hours? No. I've just read a, a review. Says Glenn, a fooling Houdini. Adventures in the World of Magic by an amateur magician, Alex Stone. You may, of course, already have the book sitting on a shelf at home. If so, please ignore the, uh, the bit that, uh, that follows. He says, it's an interesting read from a talented author. Yes, I mean, I do like magic books. I have a, I have a small collection of, of magic books, some highly collectible, worth a bit of money. And I do have a Houdini key. And I do have, because I collect magic. As opposed to performing magic, I collect it. I like collecting things. So if there's something new out, I'll buy it. If it's antique magic, I like to buy antique magic as well. I just, I just like magic. I like watching. I can sit there for hours watching magicians. Even if I know how something's done, which I do in 90% of cases, it still fascinates me. It still fascinates me. I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting on a, on a new effect at the moment, which I've just bought. It's very cheap, actually. It's only about £40. Pounds. Uh, but I, I've spent 1000 before now on an effect. And I love it. I just, I just get some delight out of it. I, I, I like seeing the look on people's faces when they watch a magician. Whenever we did our shows, and we've got one coming up at the Magic Circle at Christmas, I love watching people who are watching close-up magic, and, you, and they're watching really closely. And you know, you know in, your, in your heart of hearts, the magic has already happened. He's just going to do a reveal. And they get, well, I can't... Well, how is this possible? I love it. I mean, you know, there's, some very good, there's a very good trick out now where, where you take a balloon... And you, I don't know why I'm demonstrating blowing up a balloon on the programme. I'm just demonstrating a balloon. And you blow it up, you take a pin, you go like that, it goes bang, and you're holding a bottle of champagne. I, I, I do this, this trick, to myself. Generally, the bottle of champagne is empty and it's, it's Prosecco, but it doesn't matter. And I love watching people's, every time I see that being done, I watch people's faces. And of course, they're so surprised. I used to do a, a trick, because there's so many great people around the world who invent magic tricks, and some people are very clever, and some people aren't. And my, my favourite used to be, and I, I told you about this trick that I bought in Austria, where, unfortunately, I was have, obviously had a momentary lapse. It's called bang bill. And you take a dollar bill, or a ten-pound note, or a five-pound, whatever it happens to be, just a bill anyway, you put it on the table, and you put a glass over the top of it. And you take a starting pistol... And you fire it at the glass and the bill vanishes. And I saw this trick demonstrated in Austria and I thought, I've got to buy it. I've got to buy Luba Fiedler's bang bill. So I bought this trick and, and I thought, I don't have a starting pistol at home. And it wasn't quite enough to clap your hands to make it, it work. And so I bought the starting pistol in the magic shop and put it in my hand luggage the time we get to Vienna Airport, I'd completely forgotten that this, this thing was in there. And so <laughs> you can imagine, you put your bag on the little thing and it goes through and there's two, two policemen sitting there watching it and customs people and immediately the place becomes activated. You know, I was sort of taken to one side, the bag was taken off, the gun was taken out. And I'm going, you know, it's part of a trick. 
But, of course, it didn't make any difference to them because it, it was a gun. It looked like a gun. It behaved like a gun. And, of course, I might have used it for holding them up or something because people don't know, do they? Remember we had those things years ago where people holding guns out. They went, listen, I don't have enough time to try and work out in my mind whether or not that's a real gun or whether it's a lighter. And so I got taken to one side and the gun got confiscated. <laughs> it was put in a bag and the pilot gave it back to me when we got, uh, when we got to Heathrow. But at the time, I thought, oh, dear, I'm going to be thrown into prison for this one. Not going to be my day, is it, I'm afraid. But that, that's just daft. Uh, 84850. Do not forget, says Malcolm, to qualify for the Jeremy Kyle show. They have to agree to have half their teeth knocked out. Oh, there was one guy the other day. They both had lie detector tests. Their, their, their relationship was that shaky. She thought he cheated. He thought she cheated. Yeah, he, he, she thought he cheated, he thought she cheated. So they both had lie detector tests. To be honest with you, a complete waste of time because they both look so ugly. I mean, I've never... I mean, too ugly... I mean, really? I mean, where do you find people... Like, I thought they were auditioning for the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I had no idea that they'd already cast the Blooming Show. And uh, they hadn't picked these two. And so they, they have a thing, and it turns out that neither of them have cheated. And the audience whoop and clap. But Neanderthal, I'm afraid. It's, it's a ghastly programme. It really is absolutely awful, I'm afraid. Uh, another one here. This is from... Uh, this is from... Uh, 84850. Uh, Kelly says, Anybody who makes an allegation of rape is granted anonymity, of course. But should the accused receive the same protection? Uh, and also, when a man is cleared, can it ever be possible for society to proclaim his innocence and give the accuser the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. It's a, something you can rage upon for ages. One thing I was always told you never ever uh, argue about on the radio, because people can't even decide it, is religion and politics. Religion, nobody, nobody can ever decide. Like the other day we were talking about uh, the burqa, and some people were saying it should, be, it should be worn. Muslims were saying it should be worn. Not all Muslims, because other Muslims were saying, no, it shouldn't be worn. Then we had the, uh, the thing about the taxi drivers, the black taxi drivers in London. Are they allowed to smoke in the cab? Majority of taxi drivers went, uh, no, of course you're not. It's your place of work. You're not allowed to smoke in the front. I see it all the time, all the time. And then another taxi driver wrote in, well, purporting to be a taxi driver, saying, uh, who's going to stop us? And I thought, well, if I got into a taxi and I smelt smoke, believe you me, I'd be out the door the other side. Wouldn't be remotely interested. You know, are you going to have a rule? You're going to stick to it or you're not? And people, people just can't agree on anything, can they? The other day, the, the, uh, the word yid, David Badil saying it, it's not acceptable to use it. And some bloke who's a Jewish member of Tottenham going, oh, it's absolutely fine. He thought, you can't even agree. Nobody can ever agree to these things, can they? So that's why, you know, I prefer to sit on the fence. Ryanair might give bad customer service, but at the same time, they are cheap and they get you from A to B. I know that because a friend of mine had to take them the other day because they're the only company that fly to this place in... Uh, I think Italy, he had to go there for, for a birthday party and he flew Ryanair. He was horrified that he had to fly Ryanair. He always flies upper class, but he said it was fine. Got me there in two and a half hours, he said, perfect. I said, that's all you want. Listen, just get on the flight, take a tablet, go to sleep. Well, as long as you get a cup of tea when you get there or something like that, it's fine. Quarter past six. Thursday, I've decided I like Thursday in London town. I like any day, actually, especially when it gets ever near a payday. <laughs> uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. Steve at lbc.co.uk. D says, I think Lakeland's very poor customer service. No. I think they're the most brilliant. Ask any presenters and, uh, and, they will, uh, and they will tell you. The best customer service ever. She says, uh, I phoned them four times asking for a copy of their catalogue. Each time I've been told it's in the post day, so far I received nothing. Yeah, but then there must be a reason for that. There must be a reason. Perhaps your postman's pinching it. You know, could be, could be, could be. 
But uh, I've never had any problem with them at all. If something doesn't turn up, they're perfect. Absolutely perfect. You can phone up now and, uh, and order um, stuff for Christmas. And they, they send it out nearer the time. Absolutely brilliant. Dan in Reading says Darren Brown is the best magician. No, he's not. Oh, God, no. I can introduce you to people you've never even heard of. But they're absolutely, you know, top-notch magicians. Top-notch. Uh, 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk. Um, and another one here. Oh, somebody else who likes Darren Brown as well. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, mind you, I'd still like that thing that we pointed out the other day. When we had people sort of complaining about, you know, the uh, the tight people who can't afford 5p for a carry bag to move their stuff out of a shop. You know, the people who quite clearly are smoking, drinking, doing drugs, you know, going out, putting petrol in the car that can't afford 5p for a carrier bag. Somebody said, well, go to Marks and Spencer's, buy a pair of socks or something, get the carrier bag and then use that. Because for some reason, Marks and Spencer's any charge, but it's got food inside it. I can't work out why they charge when it's got food inside it. Doesn't make any sense, does it, really? But that's the way that they uh, they do it. Uh, 84850. Uh, another one here, which uh, which says, uh, apparently M&S are amazing. They taxied over a pair of trousers to me when they messed up the order. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's good. I think that's uh, that's off. You know, that's uh, that's a good thing. Uh, 84850, uk. I'm sorry to hear about Catherine Blair being mugged, but I wonder if Tony and Cherie will champion the muggers' humans' rights to mug somebody, says Kevin the Milkman. He always says, and if I can't find the zapper, I'll get one of the kiddies to get up and turn the channel over. That's why we have children, isn't it? Oh, of course. Well, that and cleaning chimneys out. You have to do that, don't you? Uh, 84850-stevenlbc.co.uk Another one here. Oh, just incidentally, telling you about what Nick Ferrari's doing this morning. It's Mark Dolan, who's the comedian and TV presenter, who's looking at the papers. Uh, And if you fancy, if you've got a bit of spare cash after last night's win on the lottery, don't want to say anything too soon here, but, you know, you're you're listening to a winner, uh, you can go down to Sandbanks which is Bournemouth and uh, down that bit, isn't it, there? And it's lots of lots of properties for sale. And I've got some nice ones here. I've got a site on Banks Road. Uh, it sold for £7.5 million last year. Uh, it's got planning permission for two five-bedroom houses. No moorings, though, as the house faces onto a public beach. And they're looking for £13.5 million. You can get much better value there, so I wouldn't bother with that one. Instead here, there's a lovely one with six bedrooms, six reception rooms, a seven-car underground garage, and then you want 7.45 million. There's one with a gym and a pool in the basement. Uh, the developer paid £2.2 million for the site in 2002, and it's now worth £7 million. The Sandbanks Yacht Company, three new houses built on the site of a former yacht yard, priced at £4.25 million each. They've each got five bedrooms with en-suites, underfloor heating, an iPad-controlled lighting, heating, curtains and alarm. They're looking for £12.75 million. It's not bad, is it? £12.75 million. I, I wouldn't fancy living down there, although I like the look of this house here. It's called Solaris. It's a new five-bed property with a pool, jacuzzi and cinema. It's been put up for sale after a repossession. £6.25 million. <sighs> Like that. I'd have loved to buy the Versace house. That came up a while ago, didn't it? The Versace house, and they showed people going in. That looks really stunning. The uh, Liberace houses went for very little money, I'm afraid. Very little money. Which is, uh, which is a shame, because they are part of history. Daily Express run with the Tony Blair story with his, uh, his daughter, Catherine, targeted as she and her boyfriend walked their dog home last night. Does she not get, presumably, she doesn't get any, any sort of protection as daughter of a former Prime Minister. 
Nick Ross, the former Crime Watch presenter, um, goes from catching burglars to putting up pergolas as he sets about creating his £40 million dream house. The broadcaster, 66, has been granted planning permission for extensive alterations to his Grey 2 listed house worth £17 million. He wants a two-storey basement created, space for a swimming pool, gym, projection room, staff quarters and a wine cellar, as well as pergolas for the garden. Blimey. Some going, isn't it? How did he make that much money? That's, a, that's an awful lot of money, isn't it? House worth a bit. And, uh, and he wants the, uh, the, basement, the basement done as well. Which is what people do nowadays. People go down as opposed to up. Because it's a lot easier to go down, so it doesn't, it doesn't actually make any, any difference to people. But you can put in all sorts of things in it. You can, you can absolutely put swimming pools. I think one of them, the, the guy kept his car collection in there, which I thought was uh, absolutely lovely. Absolutely lovely. Uh, a lot of people say, I, I collect magic uh, as well. I, I do, actually. 84850, uk, And... Uh, this is another one here. The fact you said, ask any presenter regarding customer service. This is Wayne in Basildon. He says, do you not think they see an LBC presenter and turn on the charm? Well, how would they know you're an LBC presenter? What do you think? You announce it on the radio when you actually phone them up and go, oh, hello, I'm an LBC presenter. My name's Wayne from Basildon. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't tell people what you do. Would you phone them up and say, it's Wayne in Basildon here? Oh, we don't like you, mate. I don't phone up and go, it's Steve Allen here. I'm an LBC presenter. No, we get perfect service all the time. All the time. So, uh, you don't... Listen, people have always said that. People have always said that about them. They're absolutely perfect, which is, which is brilliant. Which is brilliant. Uh, 84850, stevenlbc.co.uk. There's... Uh, oh, don't forget, at the moment, it's flu jab time. Flu jab time. So, you need to... Uh, uh, you need to actually... Either book in your flu jabs, and I think you could start having them from next... Oh, that's why I had something in my diary for next... I couldn't remember what I had uh, in my diary for next year. I've just remembered, actually. Yes, uh, it's, uh, it's flu jab time, so make sure you book them in. Make sure you book them in. Uh, listen, Shane. Oh, Sue Barker has served up a surprise by quitting as host of Sports Personality of the Year. Good Lord. The 57-year-old broadcaster said that she wanted to downsize her commitments... Uh, apparently, Gary Lineker, Claire Balding and Gabby Logan will co-host the event in December. Blimey, takes through Gary Lineker. Oh, Christ, what a bore. And, uh, and Gabby Logan. We like Claire Balding, but not on everything. OK, not on everything. You know, only in moderation. Actually, strangely enough, I haven't, uh, I haven't turned on the television recently and seen uh, Claire doing anything at all. Uh, here's Simon Cowell, failing to heed the warnings about smoking near his unborn child, leaving his apartment with pregnant Lauren Silverman. Which was very interesting, watching Sunita talking about it the other day. I've known Sunita for probably the best part of about 20 years, I would think. And uh, it was very interesting. She looks fantastic. I don't know how old she is. I'd be rude and impertinent to ask. But I was looking at the pictures of her with Simon Cowell when they used to do promotion. They used to go around discos promoting records and radio stations and stuff like that. And uh, and she, she looks better now than she's ever looked before. I mean, she looks absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. But she's still invited... You know, on Simon Cowell's holidays, they go on the boat. He's, he's one of these people who keeps in contact with all his ex-girlfriends, which is an unusual thing in this day and age. And also, because he's, he's a nice person, you know, he's, he's been ordinary. When she was huge, 
in the charts. He was nobody. Now she's not in the charts. He's huge, but they're still friends. As, as she explained to Philip Schofield the other day, she said, we're just, we're friends. You know, we went out together. Now we're friends, which is great. Some poor, uh, some poor couple are in the paper today. This is uh, Karen and Andy Rattray. And a car, they, they live in this uh, historic cottage, which is lovely. And a car slammed into their living room. It's driven straight through the wall. How the thing's still standing? I've got no idea. Uh, the three cocker spaniels who were in the house had a lucky escape. Uh, she said, thank God we weren't even in. It's an Audi, thought to have swerved off the A50 to avoid another car in Nutsford in Cheshire. The Audi driver was unhurt, but his car destroyed a 15th century wattle and daub section. Structural engineers are now assessing the damage. Karen, who works for a wine wholesaler, said it's very depressing. I'm not at all surprised. Imagine if they'd been sitting there in the sitting room and all of a sudden, you know, there's an uninvited person comes into the sitting room. I don't think so. We revealed yesterday exclusively that Brucey Forsyth could quit after this series of Strictly Come Dancing. He's, um, he's decided that he doesn't like the bad weather here, so he might go away for six months every year. 84850, uk. Time now coming up to 5.30. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Want to live longer? Move south. If you're in Milton Keynes, stay there. If you're anywhere up north, stay there as well. Because if you move south, you can add 15 more years to your life. Uh, and what that's to do with, I've got no idea. No idea. Richmond is the best place. Best place here. You can for, for men and women. Average age. Because what they've done, they've been around the country and they've worked out the average age of all the people. What what do they get to? In Richmond, it's seventy two years for women and seventy for men. But as opposed to uh, Leicester, fifty five years old. Uh, Barnsley, fifty seven. Tower Hamlets in London, not not so brilliant. Fifty five point seven. Blackpool's not not particularly good. Manchester. So, so, Paul, I'm afraid. Um, and here, Surrey, 68.1 years. So it's, it's the South, Buckinghamshire, 68.9. So we're obviously doing quite well down south. What it's to do, do with, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Men living in Manchester, they say, are far more likely to be struck by ill health or disability at a younger age. Don't really encourage you to go out, does it? I suppose you could be a little bit, little bit frightened by that. But if you have a healthy lifestyle, and we are healthy... You know, there may be, you know, parts of Richmond where people don't fare as well as the as the overall pattern is painted. So there might not be, you know, everybody in Richmond who lives to that age, but it's certainly a healthy place to be. People do like to eat healthy nowadays. You go out, I mean, I went out for lunch yesterday, and I admittedly, I mean, I had, uh, I had some wine, and I did spoil it by having a dessert. I shouldn't have had a dessert, but I had chicken Caesar. And, uh, and a friend of mine who's a radio presenter as well, he had... I think it was a chicken Caesar, but it had avocado in it. And he didn't eat that because he's got high cholesterol, apparently, at the moment. And so he showed me the list on his phone of what he can eat, what he can't eat. It's a huge amount of food that you can't touch. I mean, literally, all the things that you like, he can't have because it's going to produce high cholesterol. (laughs) Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, my Sam does an amazing magic trick. If I leave any money in our joint bank account, she can always make it disappear. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> I love it. 84850. 
Uh, somebody says, uh, do you think Tony Blair might not realise that Britain is no longer great? Still, things can only get better. Well, they can't get worse, can they? Let's face it. We've got people, you know, wanting to wear burkas in court. We've got people appearing on the Jeremy Carl show shouting obscenities at each other. Fat, bloated people singing Kentucky Fried Chickens. We're a very unhealthy nation when you think about it. We're not, we're not as healthy as we could be. You know, we all try to eat healthy, but to be honest, at the end of the day, you know, when we had the chicken Caesar yesterday and the chicken Caesar with avocado, we did have a small portion of French fries. Because I like it. But you notice now, French fries are served up in, in... If you go to a proper restaurant, they serve them up in little cones. The truth of the matter is they're actually giving you less. Although, where did a friend of mine go to? Oh, a friend of mine went. I can't remember which one it was. I'll find out. And he went to one of these all-you-can-eat carveries. He said, but you have to go up to the bar to keep saying, can I have some more, once you've ordered it. He said, and he doesn't like doing that. Because he feels a little bit greedy. It's all right if it's a carvery where you go up and just help yourself. But in this particular case, you had to go to the bar. And so he, he went up to the bar and he said, um, he said, it's really delicious. He said, could I, could I have some more roast potatoes and some gravy? And went, yes, of course you can. He said, could I have a few? And they went, yeah. He said, they brought back a bowl of roast potatoes. He said, there must be 40 roast potatoes in there. He said, with a jug of gravy. He said, and I ate a lot. I couldn't believe it, actually. I couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, that is some go. Because we all love roast potatoes. And it's very difficult, isn't it, to get a a really good carvery going. You've really got to find the right places. We used to use a, a hotel in Knightsbridge, I think, called the Rembrandt, and they do a Sunday carvery. But I never like to go up again and take the plate round. It just makes it look as though you haven't been fed for a while. But that's the whole idea. They want you to go back, and they want you to eat a, as much as you can. So <laughs> that's one of these days I shall try it. Uh, I'm getting very excited. We're looking forward to uh, Winter Wonderland this year in Hyde Park. I've got little groups. So far, we've got about eight people going in this group. We're all going to go en masse, mob-handed, to Winter Wonderland. And I said, we'll all have mulled wine. We're going to have a cup of hot chocolate. And it is hot chocolate with brandy in it. That's always quite good. Then we're going to go on the most dangerous rides that we can find there. So that's coming up Christmas time. I'll let you know when it is, because it's there every year. And every year, it's, uh, it's good fun. Some of the stall-selling things are a bit naff. You know, they sell sort of... You know, I mean, there's lots of burgers and sausages and... Food and toffee apples and candy floss, but they've got all the big European rides. Uh, Paul says my iOS seven, iOS seven downloaded in twenty five minutes and is now installing on my iPad Mini. Yes, I mean people are very stupid if they go. Oh, now's not a good time. Now is absolutely the right time to download. He says uh, I'm not updating the iPhone 4s as I'd have to remove it to cash in to uh, Mazuma Mobile, so I'm getting the 5s tomorrow. Woo. Some people are very lucky. We gave away three on the programme. Three on the programme. I will download later, I think. Uh, 84850, uk, And uh, Christine's in Dublin. She says, I bought a magazine today with Victoria Beckham in her tent dress. It was so awful. Yes, I didn't, I didn't quite get the tent dress, but Anna Wintour, who, uh, who will obviously sort of toady up to anybody, decided that, uh, that she wanted to stand next to Victoria Beckham at her fashion show. But then you remember the other day, poor old Vic got some really bad publicity when out, <coughs> excuse me, came Naomi Campbell saying that uh, she didn't use any women of colour. There were no black models. And I looked at them coming down the catwalk and, you know, she wasn't wrong. 
were no, no black models in Victoria Beckham's thing. That, I mean, that doesn't say anything. It just means that Victoria Beckham obviously decided that the models she's picked are the ones who she thinks can show off her collection. She's not going to pander to anybody, is she? And, uh, and she would presumably be taking advice from the best. And if you get Anna Wintour there, then you're going to get the best advice. Still fascinated by this story. It's in all the papers about the six bodies found in the cars at the bottom of the lake. Was it an execution? Was it a shooter? I mean, what was it? What was it? How did they die and how were they never found after 40, 42 years their bodies have been down there in the car? So they must have veered off the road. You'd have thought that the police, mind you, in America, they're not the brightest pennies. You know, they'd have seen tyre tracks where they went off the road into a lake. Would, would, they, would that not be there? I'm assuming it might have been. Perhaps the police missed it. And so the two cars land. I mean, unusual in itself. They land side by side. Were they racing? Who knows? Why could they not get out of the cars? They were only in 12 feet of water. It's not exactly that much, is it? And for 42 years, these uh, these bodies sat in the cars, and one of them uh, was beheaded. I mean, they're hoping that this... I mean, especially for the for the families of the of the kids who died, it's closure for them, because they've never known, have they, exactly what has happened. And it's a little town. Uh, there were no leads. It was almost like they just vanished into thin air. Both cars come off the road. Now, the only thing I could think of was, you know, kids at that age, they've got a brand new Corvette, they're going to go racing, and perhaps they then shoot into the water and they sink like a stone and the doors are locked and the, and the, uh, the electrics keep them locked. I don't know. I don't know what a Camara does inside. I'm assuming perhaps it didn't have anything as sophisticated back in the 1950s. But either way, the story is very, very interesting. It's a fascinating story. Uh, I don't live too far from those expensive sandbags houses... Sandbanks. Half of them are empty in the summer. There are so many tourists queuing for the Sandbanks ferry, they can't get in or out of the posh houses. The rich use them as an investment, as money in the bank. They do look lovely. My house has panoramic sea views of the harbour. Might have more views, but then uh, ours is only £500,000. I used to live in Acton. A little better here. Well, I should imagine anything's better than Acton. Not much going on in Acton, is there at all? I can't think of anything that is a saving grace of Acton. Oh, it's near Ealing. And Ealing's quite uh, quite... Quite posh, isn't it? Isn't Ealing considered posh queen of the suburbs? It's, it's, it's another area, actually. I went there only a short while ago, and it's, uh, it's, it's got a huge Polish community now in Ealing. It's funny how people go to sort of certain areas. Hounslow, huge Polish community. Huge Polish community. Twickenham? Nobody. Nobody at all. Well, there's lots of Polish girls working there, and boys, but absolutely uh, no sort of community as such. People live away. Isleworth's very popular as well. Sarah says, my ex-mother-in-law only ever went to places where it was all you can eat. It was embarrassing. She'd go up and refill a plate four times. No wonder she's the size of a bus. Yes, I mean, but see, I can't do that. I don't know why. There's something in, you know, in me, something inbuilt in the psyche that means that when they say, you know, eat as much as you like going back up there, would you like some more meat? Yeah, have some more meat. You know, if, if they put enough on the plate to start with, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> do you think there may be a link between ill health in Manchester, and Jeremy Kyle being filmed in Manchester. Is he filmed Manchester? I didn't know. I've got no idea where Jeremy Kyle is filmed. I just know that a lot of people on there with no teeth. So I'm assuming a lot of their food has to be liquidised, in which case they probably just drink kebabs up there, which is quite a nice, quite a nice idea. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, we all want to eat healthy, Steve. The trouble is, what is, uh, what is healthy? I don't know. I used to think healthy was salad. And now I look at salad, and I think it just looks tedious and boring, doesn't it? But uh, salad's good. I tried to convince myself that beetroot was good for me. 
And I'm now not totally convinced that beetroot's good for me. I used to want it in a sandwich. Beetroot sandwiches. I can't... I don't know. We used to have salt, um, sugar sandwiches when we were younger. Um, here they are. Two out of three Britons said that they would uh, rather run a B&B than become an astronaut. They were asking people what they would like, you know, whether you want a quiet lifestyle. Like, some people thrive on getting up early in the morning and uh, coming into work. Two out of three, then, said they, they, they wouldn't mind a job that brought longer hours and more stress. Earning a steady income from the comfort of your own home and working with loved ones is considered more important than reaping a £100,000 a year salary. So now you know. Or even driving flash cars or taking exotic holidays. I don't do exotic holidays. I don't know what an exotic holiday would be now. Years ago, you could say Barbados would be an exotic holiday. But it, it's not anymore because everybody can afford to go to Barbados. Just as cheap. People say, oh, no, I would, would never go anywhere. They, do you remember they had this holiday swap programme where they put two families from, from two totally different areas. Quite clearly, you know, the one family where they're all the size of whales. You know, whales as in... You know, the things that swim in the sea. And and all, all they want to do is eat cheeseburgers on holiday and chips and uh, and crisps and everything else. And then you get the other family who decide that all they want to do is take their bicycles on holiday and have a fit holiday. And you can go to some of the, I think, centre parks. You can go there and you can swim. Very good for you. And you can do the water slides. And then you can cycle everywhere. There aren't any cars at centre parks. You leave them in car parks there, and then you go inside the park, which is set inside a forest. I quite, I quite like that idea, the healthy outlook, because nobody gets healthy now. You can't say cycling through London is healthy. It looks blooming dangerous, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, uk. William in Colchester says, uh, I don't object to paying 10p for a supermarket bag, but they need to be totally plain white, no advertising. Well, that's a bit pointless, isn't it? That's the whole idea. They want people to see... They want people to see where they've been shopping. I don't want people to think that maybe I've been shopping at Lidl or Morrison's, when in fact I've got Marks and Spencer's and Waitrose stuff in there. I don't want to be considered down market. <laughs> How much are they charging to go to Lapland? A day trip now for Santa in uh, Lapland is £479. See, it's never cheap going to see Lapland, but it's worth going. If you've never been before, it's, it's really fantastic. It's, uh, the kids absolutely love it. Uh, what next for the woman, the black widow, who married into the Gucci fashion dynasty, jailed for ordering the murder of her husband, and once claimed, I'd rather cry in a Rolls than be happy on a bicycle. I think I'm with her in that one. Uh, on the subject of OK magazine, Kate's on the front cover. I do like Kate. We do like Kate a lot. I don't care what anybody says about her. Uh, and we've got Jeans for Jeans campaign, which is tomorrow. Jean for Jeans is tomorrow. And uh, what they do, they invite everyone to wear jeans to work or to school for a donation. And you can go to jeans... Uh, oh, God. Jeansforjeansday.org. Jean for Jeans Day. And, of course, second jean is with a G. Jean for Jeans Day. And that's tomorrow. So you have to, uh, you have to give. So if you wear your jeans, you give a donation. And everybody's then very happy. Quarter to six. <laughs> LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. You know what saying? How naff it is to try and download the iOS 7 app for Apple. And my advice is do it now. Do it now. Kate Moss will celebrate her 40th birthday by bearing all for Playboy. She's said to have posed wearing bunny ears 
velveteen cuffs, silk stockings and a knowing smile. The shoot will feature on the cover of the 60th anniversary edition of the magazine in January. 60 years. Only Hugh Hefner said she's iconic and crosses the barriers, uh, the boundaries from sexual imagery to upscale modelling. So there you go, she's going to bear all. I thought actually models show everything anyway. I don't this, you know, they sort of, some of these fashion things that they walk down, it's all very, very worrying. Uh, a lot of people have been complaining about Kerry Katona, saying she's only having another child for the benefits. She said, no, 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 it's a real love child. Great, but she is bankrupt, remember? And Alex Turner admits flirting a bit with uh, presenter Susanna Reid. She's something special. Rylan... Remember Ryland fears his 15 minutes of fame might already be up. He says, I remember Jedward and how they were everywhere, but where are they now? Uh, disappeared completely, I'm afraid. Disappeared completely. Nobody's interested. And Kerry Katona insists she will honour all live bookings with the reformed atomic kitten. I think my fans would go mental if I let them down, she says. No, they really wouldn't care, I promise you. They really wouldn't care at all. Nobody's remotely interested. Nobody's remotely interested. Uh, and Lady Gaga wants a Beyoncé duet. However, Alexandra Burke is still waiting for her chance. Five years on from winning the X Factor. I like Alexandra. Well, we know Alexandra Burke's mother's listening, don't we? <laughs> she monitors this programme very carefully. Every time we mention Alexandra Burke, she's there. Alexandra? He's talking about you again. He's talking about you again. If you want to be retweeted, get angry. I don't know what retweeting is. As far as I... Well, I say I don't know what it is. I don't know how to do it. But it means that somebody sends you a tweet and then I send it on to a load of other people. And that's called retweeting. And what was the other thing we were looking at today? Twerking. Twerking. Is, is, that, a, is that a... Why are you smiling? Well, because of what we're watching. Oh, right. I'll tell you what we're watching. I can tell you... Am I allowed to say what we're watching? We were watching Christo being a bit bootylicious doing the, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. And that's as far as we got with it. In fact, we watched it. I became slightly traumatised, a little bit ill. And, um, and so that's what it was, twerking. I have no idea what it is, but I can now tell you officially, it's the type of dancing in which the dancer, usually a woman, so it's OK with Christo, uh, shakes her hips in an up-and-down bouncing motion, causing the dancer's buttocks to wobble, shake and jiggle according to the Oxford Dictionary, uh, online, to twerk is to dance to popular music in a sexually provocative manner. Not when Christo does it. I mean, really, it was, it, was, it was worse than watching paint dry. So it's thrusting hip movements and a low squatting stance. I, the is, I think Christo can't do the low squatting stance. If he does that, he'll never get up again. And once he's done his back in, you know what he's going to be like. It's dreadful. It, look, it looks a bit like a traditional African dance. That's what it is, but twerking. See, I thought twerking was something completely... I thought it was another thing that you did on tweet. I thought it was part of twittering. We're doing some twerking. We're doing some twerking. Uh, it's always very funny, isn't it? Uh, vitamin B could cut the risk of having a stroke. Vitamin B, apparently. And uh, also, uh, it's generally found in, in breakfast cereal. Of course, I'd, I went out the other day to buy some breakfast cereal. I was going to buy some shredded wheat bite size. Could I find it? Could I, Buffalo? I went into my local Iceland, thinking that'd be the kind of thing they'll have. But Eric wasn't on, so I, I didn't get that at all. I looked along the shelves. I thought, sugar puffs, you know. And then they had sort of like a muesli thing. But I think it was a Jordan one. And I know it's full of sugar. Delicious though it might be. Delicious though it might be. I didn't want to actually sort of risk it. So when I go back today, I'm going to try and get shredded wheat because I'm convincing myself, um, you know, that it's I'm convincing myself it's going to be it's going to be good for me. Uh, Eight three eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. 
Helga in Dalich says, are you a snob? The quality of the food at Lidl is as good as Waitrose and Marks. No, it's not. Don't be so silly. Of course it's not. That's why they're not up there with them. Might be quite nice and probably ideal for you in Dulwich, but it's not the same quality. Absolutely not. Uh, Wendy in Farnborough says, cheese and beetroot not pickled with mayo, San, is delicious. Do you know you can go into a, into a, like I said, a butcher shop, you go into the, the greengrocers now and they do beetroot. Cooked or uncooked, they now say. Because they actually cook it there. They put it in a big uh, machine that boils up the water and they leave it there for a few hours and it cooks. Because presumably some people... Don't, don't like raw beetroot. I don't know why. Uh, and uh, somebody's complained about the, uh, the Apple users having hissy fits because the download is taking more than two minutes. Taking about an hour. Average is an hour at this time of the morning. Uh, Steve, I've downloaded and installed iOS 7. Lovely. Except poor Siri sounds like he has a cold. Well, he might have, actually, for this one. I don't know. I do talk to... I was demonstrating to... Um, the parents, my godchildren, the other day, I was saying, you know when you send a text message? I, I go on and I send a text message. And so I, I go into the, into the text messaging thing and, and I, I click on the microphone at the bottom and I say, Hi, it's Steve. I'll be home soon. OK, then you push done. And I did that the other day and, I did, and it didn't, didn't recognise my voice. I sat there for ten minutes. I tried it about three or four times. In fact, I, that's, hi, it's Steve. I'll be home soon. Because somebody said to me, does it work? I said, it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So I don't have to sit there in the car actually typing in the text. I could just repeat it. How many words it can do, I don't know, but it's very clever. Siri, of course, is the voice. It's John Briggs, who is the voice of, uh, of Siri, who used to work on LBC doing the weekend breakfast show. And he was also the voice on The Weakest Link with Anne Robinson. He's got a great voice. Absolutely great voice. But he recorded this years ago. Years and years and years ago. <laughs> Ryland opened a new Tesco Metro in Surrey yesterday. Obviously reached the height of his career, says Chris. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, 84850. Somebody says here, I went into, uh, into Superdrug. And a male shop assistant didn't make eye contact with me as he murmured under his breath to his colleague. Look at her in the queue. Oh, I think that's quite funny. I love it when they do that. Bless you. I love it when they do things like that. I think that's great. Um, so, you know, I think that, that's a brilliant idea that they're actually not... Co- but it's super drug, for goodness sake. You know, you're not going to get somebody saying, well, how are you today? Why would they want to talk like that to you? They don't know you. I don't like over-familiarity in shops. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. You know, I just like somebody to go, morning, and I go, morning. That's all I need. Don't want anything else at all. Don't want anything else. I went to the uh, the chemist the other day to make sure that my prescription's ready for Monday. And I always have a chat to, to Mr. Shah in there because, uh, you know, he'll, he'll listen to something on LBC and he'll say this or that or we put the world to right, I think. Well, I think we put the world to right most times. And, and that's, that's, that's the sort of conversation I like. But if I'm just going in to pick up a sandwich or so, I don't want somebody to go, so how are you today? You know, I don't expect that. If I've, if I've decided to have a bacon butty in the morning from Waterloo Station, and I know Matthew's going to serve me in, uh, in McDonald's, I'm sure I get extra bacon. I'm totally convinced the other day. There's going to be loads of it in there. I was very excited. But, but we don't have a long, a long conversation because there's other people queuing. It's all right in some place. I hate it if I'm in a place and they're saying, well, so Mrs. So-and-so was in there at the end. And it's like, like a meeting of the Mother's Union. I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And Gregory, of course you heard wrong. 
Of course you heard wrong. Why would I be sending people to the American Apple website? We're in Britain. This is the United Kingdom. Hello? Why on earth would you be sending people there? Americans got their own website. Let them struggle through it. Certainly nothing to do with uh, with us, I'm afraid. Uh, thank you for the advice, says Howard. I've just nearly finished my iOS 7 update on my mini iPad. I love mini iPads. Very big fan of those. Uh, all this talk, says Dan, of iOS 7, and we're just over 24 hours away from that gorgeous iPhone 5S. I'm going to be taking an extra coat with me to work tonight, as I'm sure it's going to be freezing standing outside the Bentall Centre. As for the update, Danny had no end of trouble, like most of the world. At one point last night, her phone update was showing 96 hours to install. She gave up for the night, though is it worth doing if she's going to have the new phone by tomorrow morning? Probably not. Probably not. There's no point in putting yourself through it. I mean, it's better you can leave the phone. I mean, at the moment, it's, it's taking about anywhere between 25 minutes and an hour to download it. Obviously, last night, everybody was doing it, and that's why it was very, very slow indeed. Very, very slow. If I wear jeans for work every day, what do I have to wear tomorrow for this Jean for Jeans Day? Well, you just keep wearing your same jeans. Keep wearing the same jeans. Weather forecast for today, ladies and gentlemen, being Thursday. Uh, sunrise is at 0641. I've just remembered something. I've just remembered something, and you've forgotten it as well. You forget. You have. You have. Uh, a dry and bright start. Cloud and spells of rain moving in from the west with strengthening winds. Uh, at the moment, it's 9 centigrade. The maximum temperature 16. Tonight, any remaining rain will soon clear eastwards to leave a dry night with clear spells developing. Minimum 10 centigrade. Tomorrow, drier and brighter day than today. Some sunny spells developing. Warmer than recently, 19 degrees centigrade. For Saturday, Sunday, Monday, predominantly dry, if often cloudy few days. Lighter winds than of late, feeling warmer by the day. Actually, yesterday, there were so many bits that had dropped off hanging baskets, I hoovered the lot up. I was out there with the extension lead going... <laughs> Hoovering it all up so it all looks nice and clean. But uh, they're going as we prepare for winter. But at LBC 97.3, we're preparing for the news at six. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Five past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is LBC 97.3. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. For the last five years, says Natasha, you've very kindly given our 10 kilometres for Crohn's event in Hyde Park some publicity. If you're able to mention it again for Sunday, that would be great because they do this every year. And this is the 11th, this coming Sunday, the 22nd of September, is the 11th 10 kilometre for Crohn's event in Hyde Park. Now, you can just turn up on the day at the bandstand. You can register at 10.30 if you want to walk or 11 o'clock to run. Applications uh, on the day, £20, you get water, T-shirt, big tea at the end. It's worth it, and you raise money for Crohn's. There's live music, and uh, you might even, if you bring the children, meet Peppa Pig. So, well done. Uh, the charity was set up by Natasha Adley and Lisa Mellick when they were 16, as their mothers suffer from the condition. We're always happy to mention it, uh, and it gets people out there. There'll be a lot of people walking on Sunday... In Hyde Park, it's uh, 10 kilometres, you get the T-shirt, £20. You can just turn up, but if you want further details, it's on www.4crones, F-O-R, and then crones is C-R-O-H-N-S dot org. 4crones.org, and that's this coming Sunday. Actually, I've got an event for Saturday, if you're interested in, uh, in carry-ons. And I'll mention that one to you uh, tomorrow on the programme. 
because that's, uh, that's taking place in London. And uh, if you're a fan of the Carry On films, then you're going to like that one. Uh, the quickest way to cook beetroot is to wash but not peel. Wrap in foil, bake in the oven. When cool enough to handle, the skin comes off easily, says uh, Kate. She says, I, I use this method when I need some for my homemade beetroot chutney. Well, that sounds lovely, doesn't it? Beetroot chutney. I'm drinking beetroot juice at the moment. I like beetroot juice. I can't work out if it's any good for me. I suppose it is. But it's got to be pure beetroot juice. I don't buy anything that's sort of bits and pieces. It's, it's got to be the proper stuff. Uh, 84850, uh, steve at lbc.co.uk. Tony says it's taken an hour to install the iOS 7 on the iPad Mini and two iPhones. So there you go. And uh, somebody says, Ryland's teeth, Steve, never failed to make me laugh. He's got the same dentist as Mr Ed's. Yes, You've never seen anything so stupid in your life, but he is quite right when he talks about his career practically being over. I don't see it going any further than than Channel 5. I, re- I can't see anybody else being remotely interested. He might get sort of a few gigs opening things, but to be honest with you, it's just it's novelty value. And novelty value, as, uh, as Jed would have found, is very short-lived. Uh, somebody says, I mean, how could Ryland think those teeth would enhance him in any way? I don't know, actually. Front of the papers this morning. This is what you're waking up to, if you have just woken up. And by the way, we start at four, so you're late. Uh, They've got mum starved son to death, then ordered pizza. Now, this is uh, the mum who ordered a pizza hours after starving her son to death. They've got a a Diana story. The truth about Diana in the killing fields. And that's on pages 36 and 37 of the Mirror for today. Just inside the covers, they've got these fantastic pictures of uh, the Grand Canyon being lit up uh, by two bolts of lightning which came down. I mean, uh, just looking at the Grand Canyon is fantastic anyway. They were actually seconds apart, but uh, this man captured them both on a long exposure. Uh, Also, if you're remotely interested, Mel B, the foul-mouthed one out of the Spice Girls, every other word a foot word, I'm afraid, revealed how she used to spice up her life with the rest of the 90s girl band by snogging them. I'd heard this rumour some time ago. Um... Uh, U.S. shock jock Howard Stern asked if she was ever attracted to the other members, and she said, always, they're my homies. She mean Hermes or something? My home, my own, what does that mean? They're my homies. Oh, right, a bit like us, a bit like bros. Oh, like wicked, wicked happening. Okay. But uh, she said, I kissed all of them. I got my tongue pierced, and I wanted to try it, my tongue piercing. Small wonder the group split up. Something like that starts encroaching on you. I mean, that's almost stalking, isn't it? That's almost, that's an assault, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, she said, uh, during the 35-minute interview, she also said she had a five-year lesbian relationship. No surprise to me at all. I always thought she looked like that sort of person. Foul mouth, I mean, dreadful. So she's told Howard Stern, and that's kind of made the papers for today. Bit sad, isn't it, really? Uh, Daily Star, Jordan, police probe stolen sex pictures. Bit difficult to tell where Jordan is, mentally or anywhere at the moment. No modelling in sight, no TV programme, no nothing really. But uh, at least she's got another baby. And uh, she's been caught up in an alleged blackmail plot involving stolen X-rated pictures. I mean, to be honest with you, you'd have to be pretty mad to take anything that's got Jordan's image on it, wouldn't you? Uh, Cops unveiling the thief hidden by the burqa. Uh, she had her Facebook picture on there. And this is a woman called Shahida Logat. Um, she's got lots of pictures on Facebook with her uncovered. When she turns up in court, she's all covered up. She doesn't want to be identified because she's a, a thief. She thieves from people. This time she thieves from a, from a college over three years and eight months. 
And strangely enough, she left, co- she left home to go out with her veil. The neighbours said they'd never seen her wearing one before. Obviously worn for its lovely effect, so that nobody could actually see what this old thief looks like. She stole £21,000. So the judge decided you're going to prison for a year, and everybody clapped. The Independent, who's sorry now? Clegg, drinking to five more years of power. We love, we love Clegg. We love Clegg. And uh, no doubt people will be talking about that to him. Because today being... Th- is he back in today? Is he back in today? Do we? We don't have him today because he's still up at uh, Lib Dem. Next week, there's so many things that people want to talk to him about at the moment. So many things. Vince Cable was singing his praises yesterday. So that's good. The bedroom tax, 50,000 people are now facing eviction. That's front page of The Independent. Uh, the Metro, they've revealed the identity of the jailed Muslim, a Muslim fraudster. Shahida Lorgat. Thousands of pounds, her face covered up. Neighbours, as I've just said. Um, never seen her covered up before. Daily Telegraph, secret ban on veils for staff at 17 hospitals. Well, you can't have people veiled up in hospital. That's just ridiculous. And so now 17 NHS hospitals. I mean, unable to see a healthcare professional's face can be a barrier. Of course it can. I mean, just just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Clive Aslett, the end of the world is not nigh, Sir David. And pension savers ripped off for years, plus 50s glamour. For those people who remember the 50s... The uh, fashion design twins, Dean and Dan Caton, of D-Squared 2, show a collection off, inspired by a holiday set in the 50s. And for those people who remember the 50s, you'll remember all of these outfits. Unfortunately, one of the models here has got a tattoo on her foot. She'd have been out straight away, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, front page of... Front page of... Oh, everybody talking about this, uh, this, this bedroom tax. Uh, the worst areas, Cumbria, Scotland, Staffordshire and... Lincolnshire. So, oh, blimey, sorry, frightened the life out of myself. Um, the, the reason that thing made a noise is because very kindly, and I think it's Maria from Tunbridge Wells, said you were talking about getting juice from limes. So uh, she said, I bought this lime crusher on my trip to Switzerland, cut the lime into quarters, place in glass and twist and crush. It's a piece of wood with um, sort of knobbly bits on the bottom. It's, it's a very simple idea. And you just put it in there and twist it like that. It's a bit like sort of mortar and pestle, isn't it, I suppose, if you were looking at something similar. I wondered what it was when I came in, to be honest with you. I had no idea. thought how kind that people are that they send me items like that. So I shall be trying that one out later. The Daily Mail say why the Scots must quit the UK. A very provocative view from Simon Heffer. Uh, Also, the 24-hour drink law disaster. As they call for drunk tanks to cope with late-night mayhem, police chiefs have branded round-the-clock pubs a terrible mistake. Well, I don't know any that ever survived. Do you know any 24-hour pubs that survived? I certainly don't. I think we might have had one in, one in Twickenham, and then people went, there's only like two people. It was the point of staying open. Turn the lights off, go to bed, for goodness sake. We don't want to encourage people to drink. Strangely enough, in, in certain places where you can, where you can drink, um, you know, 24 hours a day, people aren't, aren't drunk. You can go to Vegas. You don't really see drunks staggering around Vegas. I don't see it. I see it in London, but I certainly don't see it in Vegas or any other cities. It's only here. I think because we had these crazy, archaic licensing laws and people trying to get as many drinks down as they, as they could in a shorter space of time. 14 minutes past... Is it one, two, three, yeah, 14 minutes past six is the time. LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 19 minutes past six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. The front pages, uh, up to the Express, 
how berries and cherries can boost your health. This is an old one, though, isn't it? We've always known that if you go in and you buy cherries and you buy blueberries. Although I had some blueberries in the office the other day and they were surplus to requirements. Nobody wanted them. I walked around the office saying, anybody want any blueberries? And they looked at me like I was mad. Somebody, I think uh, Ellen Oakes was eating grapes. She said, no, I've, I've got grapes. I thought, but blueberries are better. And, uh, and I tried everybody. I in the end, I walked out with them. I left them for the cleaners. Which was the best way, actually. Probably far more appreciative. Uh, get ready to bask in an Indian summer. Surely not. Surely not. 75 degrees Fahrenheit, they're saying. Uh, also, the terrible story of Tony Blair's daughter robbed at gunpoint. This is Catherine, targeted as she and her boyfriend walked their dog at night. Going to prove it can happen to just about anybody. I don't know where the area is. I shall find out in, uh, in one moment. Because it's, uh, it's, it's just it's happening more and more. And nobody appears to be safe. The, these muggers pulled a gun on her. Uh, they demanded cash and jewellery. Uh, and this was in. She just returned from joining her mum, Cherie, and father at Ewan's wedding uh, to Suzanne Ashman. And the attack raises serious concerns over the security of the family of Mr Blair, a potential terrorist target as Britain's leader during the Iraq war and as a current peace envoy in the Middle East. She saw this uh, man and he then pulled up, pulled out a gun, uh, as far as I know at the moment. Uh, strange enough, Mr Blair's spokesman declined to comment on the robbery attempt last night. You thought he'd had something to say as a former Prime Minister, would he not? They were alerted 830 it's in the Marylebone area. The Marylebone area. And uh, the first happened at 8pm was carried out by a lone suspect. The second, 30 seconds later, they say they think both robberies were carried out by the same male. Neither of the two victims were injured. A firearm was shown on each occasion, though no s shots were discharged. It's ridiculous. One neighbour said she must have been absolutely terrified. Well, I know lots of people who live in, in Marylebone. You don't expect something like that, do you? Really bad. So that's the front of the Express this morning. The Sun are running with a story which the uh, the Mail would be ad advised because they're talking about the story today that we did yesterday on the programme about Prince William's two dogs that were brought in to guard him were put down. One, I think, because it had spinal problems. The other, because of behavioural problems. And if a dog's got behavioural problems, they can't do anything with it. So the Sun this morning are now looking at uh, the 288 military dogs in the last three years that have been put down. Last night, animal rights campaigners branded the killings callous and the son of demanded a policy review. 288 does seem a rather excessive amount of dogs, whichever way you look at it. We know that there is a problem and we aren't the nation of animal lovers that we thought we really were in the first place. And now it turns out that lots of dogs have behaviour problems and you can't change them. You know, they are untrainable because once it's ingrained, it appears to be uh, sort of stuck there. So Yelp for Heroes is the uh, the Suns campaign, and they've uh, decided to give all retired MOD dogs a chance. Because we have given out lots of medals to animals. 288 put down. It's no way to treat them. They've sort of given their their life, haven't they? They've, they've done it, and they've, uh, they've come through the other end, only for somebody to sort of give them an injection and put them to sleep. Or as we prefer to say in our household, S-L-E-E-P, just in case they're listening. Uh, there's also Kanye West shocking staff on Jules Holland's music show by insisting they iron his dressing room carpet. Nothing worse than pretentious people as they're in the music business. It's embarrassing. It probably goes on all the time. 
you know, I understand actors go into theatres and they uh, and they sort of decorate their dressing room. If they're going to be in for some run, they put their personal items around there. In the Kanye West thing, he's doing Jules Holland's show. Jules Holland's show is full of musicians, people who just want to get out there and jam and have a bit of fun. If you've got to start bowing and scraping to somebody and sort of ironing their carpet, I'd send them back where they came from. You know, there's no room in the music business for things like that. I'm quite sure... And even the biggest stars. I know Elton John has all his stuff laid out in his dressing room, but that's the way they do it for Elton John. But when somebody says, iron the carpet, you can't help feeling that he's either incredibly stupid or naive or he's got an incredible inflated ego. I suspect it's probably the latter. I suspect it's probably the latter. Uh, Downton Abbey is back on Sunday. Everybody breathing a sigh of relief, going at least some decent drama. And Tesco a poised to launch a rival to the iPad at a bargain of £100. It's called the, they th- I think, the Huddle. It's going to be in, uh, unveiled on Monday. They say it's an Android device. It's tipped to cost 130 quid at first, which is half the price of the cheapest iPad mini. And they'll pitch it against Amazon's Kindle Fire, the cheapest of which Tesco sells for 99 quid. But the Huddle, sold complete with apps for films, music, books and shopping, will boast a more powerful brain. £100. It means that everybody will be able to have it. Everybody who's always wanted it. But the trouble is, it's, it comes down to brand loyalty, does it? People will want, you know, the Kindle, or they want the Apple iPad or the iPad Mini. There's also lots of pictures of the paper of a knife maniac. This is in, uh, in Porth, in South Wales. Outside a school, he pulls a knife on somebody. He snarls at one lad, prove you're a man. Who's carrying a knife? You're going to get knifed. And then thrusts... I mean, he'll be identified very quickly and they'll have him in custody. I should imagine that won't take uh, too long. Police there, yeah, police in, in Porth were quizzing a man last night. They said it's shocking. Knife incidents are extremely rare in this area. Who are these stupid people? Who are them? Name and shame, send him into prison. More pictures on the Grand Master Flash. This is the bolt of lightning that came down into the Grand Canyon. It's one of those staggering pictures that you look at and you think, wow, that is really fantastic. Uh, David Beckham was out at a dinner the other night. He's either that or he comes over to advertise pants or open a shop or something. He certainly isn't playing football, thank God. Uh, Police are testing the sonar gear, make this grim discovery. It's a fascinating story. I'm fascinated by it. I can't work out how two cars, after 42 years, have been found in a lake. They couldn't find them at the time. They just vanished into thin air, both cars, and now they found them. One was brand new. They're covered in rust quite clearly. They've been 42 years in a lake inside... Six bodies of the teenagers. Well, I say six bodies. What was left of the, of, the, uh, of the six teenagers. So they both died. Both sets of people in both cars died. Three in each car. And one was decapitated. And we don't know the reason why. We're none, none the closer here. How they never found them. They were just off historical Route 66. I've got no idea. I'm sure that that will emerge over a few days and people will then say, goodness gracious me, this is, you know, how can this have happened? You would have seen tyre marks, wouldn't you? There's also a terrible story about uh, a dad who, uh, who told of how his daughter died in his arms at the doctor's surgery after an hour-long wait. He rushed his 23-month-old uh, daughter to the surgery at 8.45, but the GP in charge was late. He was told it would be quicker if a nurse saw Lucy, who's a twin. At the start of the consultation, uh, Lucy collapsed, dying from a lung infection at 9.58. Absolutely terrible, really. So she was waiting for the GP, who was late, and uh, and then dies as a, as a result of it. Awful for any any parent to know. Uh, more on the, the story, which Nick Ferrari is going to be doing this morning. This is the story about Selfridges 
They'll be asking the question, were they right to apologise to an EDL member who was refused service by a Muslim member of staff? And they offered a free meal and everything because apparently the man said, oh, I'm a member of the EDL and he is as well. Which wasn't exactly the brightest thing to say to a mixed race employee. So Nick will be talking about that. Plus the Duggan jury heading out to Tottenham and the bedroom taxes. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari this morning. The bedroom taxes, because now they say one in four people are paying it, and they're falling behind with the rent. There's, there's quite a number of people, 50,000 people, I think, are falling behind with the rent. And also, uh, where are we sending Tom Swarbrick today? We're sending Tom to Tower Hamlets and Joe Pikes off to Richmond. I've got two in-conversations to record this morning. One of them is Les Dennis, and uh, tomorrow, Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers, which we're very much looking forward to doing. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, which is very easy, and you'll have a free download to, uh, to podcast in around about 30 minutes' time. OK, a free podcast for you, and you can find out details on lbc.co.uk. Have a great day. It's going to be a mixture, isn't it? It's going to be a mixture of sunshine and showers. But don't worry, they say a heat wave is around the corner. Nick of the team and Mark Dolan with the papers at seven. Coming up next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.